Blog Talk Radio. But we cannot allow anything on this earth to separate us. Our strength is in our unity, and it's the thing that is most feared.
to separate us. Our strength is in our unity, and it's the thing that is most feared.
politicians, singers, and actors just do. In fact, I'm an activist, don't call me a rapper. We want to make dollars and two believers. If your light skin, dark skin, blood, or grip, it's much deeper than your color, your nose, or your lip. It's all about a full clip. These devils will trip when they see the black man. Take them on a physical trip and break them down. Because we run in this town, it's time to bring the revolution from under the ground. Be it's real light, one lesson to learn. We separated and divided in this world of concern. We gotta live black and think black and see. The only way we really make it is our strength and our unity.
African power. Welcome to the destruction of the Black Civilization Show, the home of the Amaral Squad. What's good? What's happening? His brother Unk in the building. God killer in the house. Doing what we do. Y'all got to remember a well organized lie defeats a disorganized truth every time. So the show is definitely dedicated to organizing the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so what's up with y'all out there? One of them days, and we just sitting back and we just chilling. We learning how to study. We putting the information together, and we doing what we supposed to do. We had a real powerful show last week. Had our brother Wesley on. He was in the land of the day, kicking it a little bit. You know, I call it a little bit Tom Foolery. You know, he got that uh, <laughs> gotten Islam thing going, whatever that is. Mm. See, if you understand traditional culture, you would truly understand what Mayat was and what it was not. And you would truly understand is you can't even put them two things in the same sentence. Why am I saying this? I am saying this because the very pillars that the three monotheistic religions are built on are based off of destroying African social, spiritual, cultural agreement with nature systems. Yeah, that's what they're based on. Because it clearly says in their text that there will be no God except me. I'm a jealous God this. I'm a jealous God that. I'm your only savior. I'm your only God. None can be beside me. So if it's saying that, how in the world can you put my yacht and Islam or Christianity together? Remember, their spiritual systems are predicated off of destroying your culture. What is Brother Unk saying? I am saying for their God to live, your God must die. Let me get you the lines real quick. Find out what the rest of the squad is doing. You see where they're they moving a little bit slow tonight. Got the scientists on. Where you at, Ngozi? Black African power. Peace, brother. What's good? Black African power. Man, I'm just sitting back chilling. You already know yes, that. Sir. What's good with you, bro? Chilling, man. All is well as usual. Ready to do the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. We're going to figure out his Mayada religion. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to figure out, you know what I mean, did they practice what they so-called called royal incest in ancient Kemet. We're going to yes, see sir. what that is. We're going to figure that out. We're going to get to the bottom of it, and we're going to figure out how exactly do we attack issues like that. Let me see with the 315. 315, your line is open, Black African Power. Black African Power, organize that truth. Peace, Brother Hunt. Yeah, I'm a raw squad up. What's good, Brother Ish? Come around, squad up. It's all good, man. We're doing good, you know? Hey, man, that was a good look last week, how we put that together. Got to give you a shout-out yeah. on that, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very glad uh, uh, Brother Wesley was able to stop through and stuff and share share some uh, knowledge and information. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting the slide back through, you and we'll ramp up the question a little bit harder next round. For sure, for sure. Let me get the three four seven. The young gun was good, Haru. What's happening? What's good? What's good? Peace and blessings. I'm chilling, you know. Just falling back. I'm on the move. So you know, I'm just falling back. Just on the move, man. 
All right, man. I feel you. I New York treating that, bro. It's good. It's good. You know, got me working, got me going. You know okay. Yeah. You need That's it. That's on the move. <laughs> yeah, I feel you with that. All right. Let me get brother, brother Sinjetti, a linguist. What's good, Dad? What's that noise, Ruth? Put your phone out. Put your phone out because you're on the move. Two one five. Your line is open. Black African power. Peace, everybody. Good evening. This is Sinjetti. How's it going? What's up, Jetty? Everything's good. Peace, bro. Peace. Well, you all right there, bro? Yeah, man. I'm trying to turn the volume up here. Yeah. Everything's good. Just, um, you know, living alive. You know, definitely, yeah. um, you know, out of respect to libation of, you know, Whitney Houston, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, our sister, she's out of here. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way it goes. They don't know what quite happened to her, but, man, hate to see, you know, a sister leave like that. You know what I'm saying? But, you know what I mean? It is what it is. We'll figure out, you know, exactly what happened to the sis, but, man, it's not a good look. You know what I'm saying? She left the family. It's just not a good look, man. You know, so it's clear that we got to make proper life choices. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Yeah, proper life choices, man. I mean, there's a lot I can say on that situation, man. You know, I've been down that road, you know what I'm saying, of abusing certain things, certain drugs. And, you know, I mean, if you don't wake up, you might not wake up. And so it's a very interesting thing what's going on. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, we're going to have a powerful topic tonight, Dad. I think it needs to be addressed. Um, specifically when you start to deal with that uh, incest piece. Now, for years, I've heard that the ancient Egyptians, we're talking about African people practicing incest. And I kind of, you know, really wanted to take take a real deep look into it. And, you know, the evidence I found was was very surprising. Okay? And I know you've been looking at it there, brother, and goes, where you at? I'm right here, bro. Um... Let me, let me kind of like drop this link in the chat room real quick. Let me see if I can find it for y'all real fast. Yeah. All right. I don't know what what article do you have on that on that um and go. What you gonna be using? Well, I'm gonna use um the article based off uh, King Tut and um his DNA and uh, the disorders that he had. Um. It's an article from, it's called Unmasked, the Real Faces of the Crippled King Tut Ankamun. And it yeah, talks I'm about how. I'm going to put that I'm, in the I'm, chat room for you. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can put it in there. But I'm also going to write, um, bring up Lee. all the dynasties, especially in the 18th dynasty, on how a lot of people in the 18th dynasty was related and how a lot of the children died or had deformities from utmost all the way down to um, Tut Ankamun. You know, I'll be breaking that down too and showing what I wrote in the article that I got and I wrote and wrote down all the dynasties and who was the parents and all the way up to ut- utmost parents and his and, and and his wife parents and his sister and whatever he had the same sister. So whatever you bring it up, I'm trying to put this link up. I'm trying to see if my computer let me I put, put it in there up. for you already. I know you. Okay. Slow, okay. Man. Cool. 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 I see that link, right? Mm-hmm. All right. You can go ahead and build off of that. And then oh, I'm okay. Go I'm gonna let you go in. I'm. I want you go first. All right, okay. and then, then I'm gonna see if we can kind of 
triangulate and figure out just what's going on. And I see the I see the link. It's a very interesting argo. I pulled that argo up too. I chose okay. not to use that argo though. But go it, ahead, brother. It, it's more it's more than one, but that one that one good that you got up there too. That one good too. But you got another one. Could, yeah, it's, a, it's about five or six articles. Just not that one, but that one's good too. I'm trying to see if mm-hmm. I can send this one through. But what, what I'm seeing right here from um, Upmost and um, his wife, um, Upmost Nefertari the first, they had the same mother and father. Um, her father was um, second second Ra Dao the second, and second Dao Ra the second, who was dealing with Ahotep the first, which was his mother and father, had the same mother and father, which was Tesichiri and second Takara the first. I mean Dao the first, and then later on. You see Upmost, um, the first, who dealt with his sister, Upmost Nefertari, who gave birth to Amenhotep the first, right. 15, 1526 and 1506 B.C. And you see Upmost married Amun. And, they gave, and, and she died of arthritis and scoliosis as well due to the deformity and the genetic deformity that she had with the ancestry. And then you turn around and she died early. Then you turn around and see... The daughter of Queen Amos. Now, what broke that DNA pattern or what broke the ancestry was Tutmos. Tutmos I wasn't from Amenhotep I's lineage. He married his daughter, which was Queen Amos. And then Tutmos I gave birth to Queen Hatshepsut. And also Tutmos II. And Tutmos II and Queen Hatshepsut were married. But he also had, he also married his other sister, which was Monifrat, who gave birth to Tutmos III. 1466-1412, who also was messing with his half-sister cousin, Mary Trachisut III, and his half and his half cousin Neferu. And they gave birth to Amenhotep II in 1414-1388. And he turned around and dealt with Tia, which was the daughter of um of um Tutmos II. And also Tia or Amenhotep III, when we get down to Amenhotep III, Amenhotep III, who was messing with Tia, Tia was his cousin, his first cousin, because Tia was the daughter of um, um, of Yuya, which was um, which was Amenhotep the second wife brother. So Queen T was his Queen T was his cousin. So this is why when you look at Akhenaten, Akhenaten had a dis- this disorder called Morphin's disorder. And if you look at him, he looked the way he looked. And he also had scoliosis, and he also had a lot of genetic um, disorder like the rest of the people in that whole 18th dynasty. And then you turn around and see King Tut. Now, Nefertiti is not um, King Tut's mother. King Tut's mother is Kaya. That was his mother. But Kaya was also Agnaten's sister, a half-sister by another woman that Amenhotep III was dealing with. And that's just, this is why you see King Tut with a, with a cane. And he looked crippled. And he also got a, like a curve in his back. Why? Because he had scoliosis. He had uh, um, he had a, a clipped lip. If you ever look at his at his bone structure, he was deformed. He was sickly. So I mean, just looking at that whole dynasty, it was a lot of it was a lot of in, in, inbred and going, inbred stuff going on. It's crazy, or inbreeding, if you want to say that. Mm. Now we do know in Africa, sister and brother. That's just for a whole village. All through Africa, the whole village is referred to as sister and brother. That's true as well. I'm not knocking that. But for some reason in this 18th dynasty, I don't know if they started to climb because pre-dynastic Egypt didn't do that. And the first dynasty didn't do that. But in this 18th dynasty, when you see Upmost come in and he kick out these Hyksos, 
I guess they lost their customs and their ways of old Egypt. They had to for them to be doing something like that. They had to because for some reason it seemed like they believed that they came from a divine lineage and they was trying to preserve their DNA so they didn't deal with anybody. But while they were doing that, you've seen a lot of children that was born deformed. Even King Tut, who was messing with his half-sister, they had two children, and those, those two children died at childbirth. They didn't even live that long. Both of them died. So in this dynasty, you see a lot of a lot of illnesses going on because of the interbreeding that they was doing. Hmm. Did you put the article in the chat room, or are you going with the one that's right here? Uh, that one cool too. This one cool too. I'm looking at. You got this one good too. But I'm trying to put this other one up in there that I got. The unmasked put that other one that up in there. Put that other one up in there. Because when I looked at this one, I couldn't find no references on that. Most there. No, no references whatsoever. All I see is Halaus and the daggone uh, meeting, and we know who he is. Uh, yeah, we know exactly who he is. What game he plays? He deals with the Egyptian iniquities. I'm trying to put this other one He's a head Egyptologist. Okay, and they claim to do the DNA evidence. Do you, uh, um, do you know what they did, what they found out when they started to do the DNA evidence? You know, they didn't give you the whole complete thing, right? Oh, uh, of course they, they did. Actually, because when it, they, they didn't when, put it all out. You know that, right? Of course. When it comes to the blood type, when he told you his blood, his, his haplotype was R1B, you find a haplotype in sub-Saharan Africa. A lot of the housing people have it. So they just said it was R1B. They didn't insinuate what type of R1B. Caucasians have R1B M269 haplotype. Africans have R1B haplotype V88. That's the African trait that started in Africa and went over there into other parts of the world like Euro-Asian and other parts of Asia because certain people in, in, in Southern Asia have um, R1B M236, but it started in Africa as R1B V88. So, yeah, they didn't tell you a lot of stuff. You know, they, they brought up how he died from the malaria, an infection that he had in his leg, but they also brought up based off the tissues uh, that, that remained, the tissue that they were able to measure from the protein enzymes is that he had a lot of deformities. And if you ever look at the pictures, it, it seems it seems reasonable. It, it makes sense. If you ever look at his pictures, he looked sickly. He had a club foot. He always walked with a cane, and his, and his back was curved over. So uh, the point I'm making is they didn't put out all the information because what you'll find is is that they started mixing up mummies. People that they said was who they said they were were according to the DNA test. Like they were saying certain kings was this and that, but then they had cracked from the mummy, right, with the DNA, and that found out that person was way, way younger or way, way older. And so what you find is they mixed everything up. And we know that's just what white people do. They look at our culture, and they totally misinterpret what we're doing on a regular basis. They do that today. Most deaf. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, that's that's what the cracker do. But my thing is, is that, again... When you look at the deformities that a lot of the people had in the 18th dynasty, it's crazy. And and, and a lot of them had the same. Are you saying yeah, it's from incest? It, it, yeah, it's from They had the same bone marrow disorders. You, they, you find scoliosis. You know, you find Queen Hatchet when they measured the, the pattern of her DNA structure. She had uh, um, um, bone cancer. She had diabetes. Uh, another thing, another myth is that a lot of the uh, people believe that the Egyptians was vegetarians and they wasn't. You know, it's pictures of the pictures of these people eating hyena meat. Some of them even ate pig. Certain priesthood, like me and Brother Sinjeti was talking about, like the priesthood of Bassar, they didn't eat that because Set was a, was a the pig was a form of Set, so they didn't eat it. But you had some that ate any, they ate horrible. You know what I'm saying? They had bad, terrible diets in certain areas. So this 18th dynasty was kind of chopped and screwed when you look at the people, when you look at the deformities that they had. They was they was pretty fucked up. 
So, so from your research, you're claiming that it was just the 18th dynasty, or what? What do you have? I, no, I, I don't. You don't see it in pre-dynastic Egypt, and you don't see it in the first dynasty, and you don't see it in the third and the fourth dynasty. It just, it's just that 18th dynasty. The only person right. that broke that, the only person that broke that lineage is when Tutmos messed with Queen Amos, which was Amenhotep's the first daughter. He broke that lineage because he wasn't from that bloodline. But even she, which was his wife, um, Tutmos the first wife, she didn't live that long. She had a lot of deformities going on. Due to the the the, 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 the um, genetic disorder that she carried from her family being close relatives, it's crazy. So, so what textual evidence are you showing that they was practicing incest? Are you, do you have some text claiming that? Do you what? Are you just matching up names? Well, what's your document on the name? Matching ma- matching up the names, looking at the parent, like for example, if, if any, huh? I'm using use? I'm using articles off the internet. If anybody look at the parentage of the people. Especially utmost and, up, and utmost first Nefertari, they had the same mother and father. If you if you just type their names, you don't even have to, not no, not on no Wikipedia shit. Just type their names, and if you type utmost, A H M O S E the first and his wife, or you type up her name, A H M O S E Nefertari, you type her name, which was the first. They have the same parents, the same parents, same mother and father. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anybody um, want to add something? Anybody yeah, want to add me, something me, before I go in? Because I'm going to show you. Yeah, let, 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 me, let, me, let me add um, a thought. On one hand, you know, as Ngozi would point out, you have um, the lineage that's laid out, so you, you know who the parents are. And then on the other hand, you know, I know you said that there are there's instances where they're mixing up mummies, et cetera. Now, if we're to say that they mixed up the mummies of the 18th dynasty, you still have to um, account for the, account for the lineage. You know what I'm saying? Because if the lineage says that, um, let's say Ahmos Nefertari, who was the wife of Ahmos the first, um, the the beginning of the, the, the two that initiated the 18th dynasty, and their parents are the same, you know, that's what the record would say. You know what I'm saying? Now, if we're saying, if, if we're going to say that they're mixed up mummies, you have to be specific. You have to name what king queen of the mummy, per se. You know what I'm saying? So we can't, you know, so let's not, we're not going to make like a blanket statement. Well, if they mixed up a couple of mummies, that means they did it with all of them. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's look at the lineage, too. Because if the lineage... According to our the, the primary documents say that these two um, have the same parents, then you know that's what it is. So let's keep those things in mind. Go ahead. All right. Anybody else want to add something? Yeah, I'm saying on that situation, I heard about the, the incest, you know, situation too. I don't know if all the dynasties practice it, but I heard you know it, it was done. I think also the Europeans over here that, you know, the ones that have some type of power, um, they also do it too. I was watching some on YouTube. I don't know how true it is, but I heard they probably got the influence from there. It could be possible. Hmm. All right. How, uh, how about you, uh, Brother Ed? I'm just uh, just doing an analogy stuff. You know what I mean? If uh, anybody got some links and stuff, I'll just analyze right. the links. I mean, do the right. analogy on it. 
Okay. All right. First of all, let's let's kind of um, what we're going doing here. We're trying to really figure out what's good and what's not. Now, this article I posted right here. Uh, first of all, for me, this would not be a credible link. Uh, Mail online or something like that. It's dealing with the unmasked, real faces of the crippled King Tut. Okay, and and his ancestral parents. So for me, this would not be a credible link. It gives you no references and no resources. And right beside on the right of it, you see all kind of uh, stars and actresses. So this is not a site dedicated to the study of what they're actually talking about. I can find no references, nothing, not one. And so for me, I would not use that. I would not use this link. Okay, now let me. Where you at, Sister Jackie? How you doing, Black African Power? Hello. Hold on. Let me see. I might. Hold on. Let me get this straight here. Let me get that. All right, I got you. And where you at, Sister Jacqueline? How you doing, Black African? Hello. Hello. You hear you? Your line is open, sis. Hello. Do you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. Yep, okay, I'm you got here. That article for, okay, you hear that? Watch. I'm, I'm going to put this in there. I article. You want me to start reading? Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Hold on. I'm going to put this okay. in there for the, for the chat room. I was talking about how, trying to show people how what links should we use and how should we study and how should we come to our conclusion. First of all, I was rather surprised that no one had really went in depth on it. So I, I, I get how you're getting your conclusion and goes I get that. Okay, now watch this. I'm putting this article in here and this is how I came to this article. Let me kinda of explain to you so we can kinda of get the in depthness of what I did. Okay, this is a PDF PDF file. Okay? And the first thing I did was I scrolled all the way down to the bottom of this article. The the article's entitled Incest in Ancient Egypt by Ashley Jones. No one real important. Okay? Now I scrolled down to the bottom of it before I even read the article, and I looked at all the references. So let's take a look at the reference for a minute. You got Adam's BP, Conagenius's, what is, mm, I'm not saying, C-O-N-S-A-N-G-U-I-N-O-U-S, Marriages in the Ancient World, Folklore, okay? 93, page, page 85, 82. Then you got Agar, L, right? Familiarities, Breeds. Incest in the Ptolemaic Dynasty, the Journal of uh, Hellenic Studies. So we start to use journals here. Okay, now you got uh, uh, Ray Baxler, 1982. So we're looking at the dates now. The first uh, references from 1982, the next one was 2005. So we start to get some up-to-date references. And we, in 1982, you got sibling incest and royal families of Egypt, Peru, uh, Hawaii, and the Journal of Sex Research. So now we have a journal strictly dedicated to sex and sexual practices. Then you come to Jarul Salav, Jarul Salav Kearney, okay, 1954. This is a very, very interesting reference here. Uh, he wrote the article entitled Conogenous Marriages in Pharaonic Egypt, the Journal of Egyptian Archaeology. Okay, now, I went to some of my sites. I, use, I like to use JSTOR. Pretty sure y'all are familiar with that. And I started dropping some of these names in here, and I started to pull up some of their articles to even begin to figure out, well, what the hell was this person talking about, and why would they use these articles? So this is some of the methodology that we should use in our initial trying to get the information together, trying to put out, well, you know, what is going on with this incest, and how can we understand that? And so I think in this particular article, they use like 10 Maybe 10 references, I think. One, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, 10 references. And then I pulled uh, some of my own. But you'll see I'm dealing with journals. 
Okay, I'm dealing with peer review work. I'm not just snatching anything off the internet. I'm not saying that's what you did in Gozi, but I'm trying to give the people a framework of how I came up with my conclusion. And I was surprised that no one had really, really looked at it. So what I want to do is I want to start off with this article and let's see what conclusion they came up to. And then I'm going to get back to that person that I mentioned, uh, Kearney. That's his last name, Jerusalem Kearney. He's a very, very important piece in this puzzle of dealing with excess because guess what he did? He actually did the research on the marriage. He actually had the certain texts. I think he evaluated over maybe 340-something texts, you know, dealing with certain names, and he started putting the information together. To this point, no one had ever did that, okay? So let's let's jump up here real quick, and let's start this off. This is a very important article. I want you all to listen real close because I guarantee you no one has really, really talked about this in depth. It just kind of flew by our community, and I want to make sure we got that. So you can go ahead uh, to start with that introduction. Incest avoidance, proscriptions, and statutes have generally been regarded by anthropologists as culturally universal. However, the veracity of this supposed universality is contingent on whether or not well-known exceptions can be regarded as factually significant. Um, with that in mind, formally accepted forms of consagenous uh, relationship, relationships are a particularly troublesome and yet exposing study. The Incas, Hawaiians, and ancient Egyptians are among the most widely referenced exceptions to the incest taboo. Uh, while these aberrations have been noted, scholars are often quick to maintain that they are sanctioned solely in order to protect royal bloodlines, and the practice is rarely, if ever, found amongst the general populace. Hold on for a minute, sis. Now, the reference they use for that is Milton. Milton. Remember that name because I had to go read his journal and see exactly what he was talking about and what was his credibility to these statements. Go ahead, sis. Despite academic consensus for the presence of brother-sister marriages between Egyptian royalty there is much less emphasis on the pervasiveness of this custom throughout Egyptian society, as could be seen during the Greco-Roman period, 330 mm. to 395 CE. Okay, so now Romo-Greco period. You should all know what the hell a Romo-Greco period is. You have no indigenous Africans on the throne at this particular time. Go ahead. This paper will attempt to examine both the chronological and sociological range of near-kin marriages in ancient Egypt and offer potential explanations for its popularity. Then it goes to Section 2, Classical Testimony. Before discussing the origins of incestuous marriages in ancient Egypt and its progression into a widespread phenomenon during the Greco-Roman period, it may be useful to briefly discuss one of the main proponents of the practice, for example, classical, Greek, and Roman authors. While it can be noted that the Greeks were notorious for exaggerating and their chronicles of barbarians are often considered questionable, when their accounts are taken in conjunction with further evidence, which will be examined later, they foster additional validation. Diodorus of Sicily, a Greek historian, wrote, 
The Egyptians also made a law, they say, contrary to the general custom of mankind, permitting men and men to marry their sisters, this being due to the success attained by Isis in this respect, for she had married her brother Osiris. Other classical mm-hmm. historians, i.e. Philo, Judeus, uh, Seneca, Pos- Pausanias, etc., also make similar comments on the tradition of incestuous marriages in Egypt. Um, many of which, like Diodorus, linking the origins of its practice to religion. Okay, so now you would have to understand the marriage between Osiris, okay, and Isis. You would have to understand, once again, the African system that you're dealing with here, because you would make that mistake. So we have Greek writers trying to look at African mythology now and, and, and make that assessment that that would go to human beings. So we're starting to see where's it starting to come from, from one of their Greek writers. We're starting to see who first made this idea that the Africans was practicing incest because they looked at our mythology and say, see, but did they understand the natural elements that the deities were representing? Did they understand that the original people on the planet ain't nobody around but a couple people? So you would have to do, and it would have to be some type of incest going on. This is detailing the Shikandi Diop's work. Civilization of barbarism, where he talks about the original clans. They had to practice incest. But we're talking about a period now where, where Africans would have known that that was a taboo. Go ahead, sis. See the religious connection that they're claiming here. I'd like to say the misunderstanding of it, but go ahead. The earliest accounts of celebrated incest in ancient Egypt can be found in religion. For example, the sibling deities, Shu and Tefnut, were married and gave birth to two children. Uh, Jeb or Geb and Newt, who in turn married and had offspring. Perhaps of more importance was the incestuous relationship between the god Osiris and his sister Isis, mentioned above, who gave birth to the famed Horus. This myth was widely known by the time of the first dynasty, and Horus would continue to be one of the most significant deities through through to Greco-Roman times. This may help to explain why incest was acceptable for Egyptian royalty as early as the pharaonic period, for if the pharaohs were regarded as embodiments of the gods, they may be free to act as the gods do. Hence, if incest is acceptable to the gods, it must be acceptable for pharaohs as well. While the concept of incest among deities is not unique to Egyptian religion, the extension of this practice to humans is what makes the Egyptian case uh, such a compa- compelling one. Oh, okay. Okay. Kind of compelling how they would extend that to the humans. Like, like, why would they do that? Very interesting. Come to the pharaonic period. Now we're going to start getting some clarity on the situation. So we see how it all started with these Greeks misinterpreting African science or, or African mythology. Hmm. Go ahead. The Pharaonic period. It is said that incestuous marriages were present in various Pharaonic dynasties. Russell Middleton suggested that incest was particularly common in the 18th and 19th dynasties, and that pharaohs such as uh, Tal or Tal II, Amhos, Amenhotep I, 
uh, Tutmosis I, Tutmosis II, Tutmosis III, Amenhotep II, and Tutmosis IV, probably all married half-sisters. However, one must be mindful of literal interpretations of Egyptian jargon concerning relationships, for it is known that spouses were often referred to as my brother and, or my sister in inscriptions. Middleton's conclusion, therefore, may be seen as somewhat of an, of an exaggeration concerning the number of incestuous marriage in the royal family. It may even be possible that none of the so-called sisters were, in fact, related to their husbands by blood. Oh, so see, now we're starting to get it now. Now we're starting to paint the picture to see that this guy Middleton comes to a conclusion based off of a misunderstanding of African text, a misunderstanding of African lifestyle. That's why we routinely say on the show, when you view your ancient history, you got to try to view it through the eyes right, of an original person. You cannot take your, your Europeanisms right, that was given to you through slavery and place it on the ancient cultures like you can't see. You can't say, well, they practice pyotheism. They wouldn't know what the hell you was talking about. So you must understand, we routinely call our wives sisters, right, and our husbands brothers for the sisters that are married to the brothers. We do that regularly, and white people still can't understand that. You can go to work right now and say, yeah, that's my sister right there. They say, yeah, so what, what y'all, where was y'all raised at? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's just my sister because that's my sister. Not through marriage or not through blood, but that's just my sister. But let me ask you and this, so we, uh, Go ahead. Yeah, go out. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish, and then I'm going to respond. Okay, so fundamentally, we're starting to see how to start to pile up. Now, go ahead because this is, this, this is when we start to get into the, the thick up. Okay. Now, if they now now I, I hear what you're saying, and that that article is just one theory. That's a theory as well. Just like what I'm saying is a theory. But my thing is, if they wasn't related, why does these people have the same parents? If you look at the people, the children that they gave birth to, and the children that they raised, and a, and the close relatives, they were all related. Why why did these people? Why does it say that these people are their parents, and these people are they half brother and sister? And a lot of these people in the 18th dynasty didn't live that long. Upmost only lived to be 35 years old. A lot of their children would die early. Why are these children having scoliosis? Why are these children having diseases like Marfan disease? Why are they having all these disorders in that dynasty? Why are they not living that long? Why, why do King Tut got a curve in his back, walking with a cane and a club foot and a clap lip? You only, I mean, what's, what's going on? Why, why, what's going on in that whole dynasty? Why are the people not living that long? Why are the wives who were children of brothers and sisters dying early? I, I, that's what I'm trying to understand. I, 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 I don't, right, I don't get, get it. it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't worry about it. We're going to get it. We, we, so I'm just kind of bringing you to the origin of where this myth of incest start to come in. I just want to kind of show you how it first started with these Greek historians misunderstanding our our, our, our system of spirituality, oh, first oh. of all. And then oh. uh, the militant comes in. I'm not finished. Go ahead. You want to add something real quick, Sinjetti? Because I'm getting um, to the points now. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You both have... Um, Valid points, and if there and if we are to find what we call incest, let us be correct for the right reason and not correct for the wrong reason. For example, like uh, you're pointing out, let's not say it's incest because the Greeks said it. Let it be incest yep. because it's what our records say. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And That's what I'm saying. Um, and and to also bring more validation, um, and I'll bring this after you put in your information. 
I have examples in the actual literature, um, like from the Papers, Chester Beatty, number one, um, which are love poems. So after you put in some of your documents, I'll read this, and it'll help solidify some of the points. All right. Okay, where you at? Go ahead, sis. Evidence for brother-sister marriage between members of the populace during Feronid times is meager. In 1954, Jaroslav Cerny published an important study examining 358 documents or delay, um, yielding 490 marriages listing the names of the mothers and fathers of both parties involved. In his study... Uh, revealed a complete lack of evidence for the practice in the Old Kingdom, example, up until 2100 BCE. But he managed to find two practically certain cases of incestuous marriages between commoners from the Middle Kingdom and one certain case from the 22nd Dynasty. Um, Prior to a Cerny study being published, Egyptologists assumed that the existence of incestuous marriages was self-evident and commonplace throughout all of Egypt's most almost three millennia long history prior to Alexander's conquest in 331 BCE. Cerny proposed that this misunderstanding was due to, one, the fact that such marriages are well attested for the Greco-Roman period, two, the testimony of classical authors, Three, as aforementioned, that in Egyptian texts, wives were called sisters. Okay, now let's figure out who this Cherny character is. Cherny character is. Okay, I'm going to put the link in there for you, and we're going to see who this guy is, right, who's refuting this information. Hold on. Peace, and put that in there. Okay. All right. Find out who this guy is. Okay. Who exactly is this Kearney guy? First of all, I'm going to let you know, the Kearney guy, he wrote a Coptic, like I said, he wrote, uh, let me see, one of the most important results of the philosopher's research was the Coptic Ethymology Dictionary. Put that in your search, Coptic Ethymology Dictionary, which was largely in proof at the time of his death. The Coptic was the language of the Christians in Egypt from the third, from the third century and onward and was a direct descent of the ancient Egyptian of the written in the Greek alphabet. Okay, we know that. So we know that this guy kind of understands the language a little bit. Okay, so he's, he's not a bad reference for looking at the African names and figuring out what they're doing. Now watch this. Now come down. Let me see. Let's figure out something. Is he credible? Dr. Kearney was by no means confined to teaching an armchair. I mean, he wasn't just sitting around. Okay? Research but included frequent trips to Egypt and in European museums to collect new data. While his academic career owed much of his esteem of his English co- colleagues, his fieldwork was an ex- ex- expression of his close relationship with the French Egyptologists. From 1925 to 1940, he was engaged in, inter- in interpreting and publishing much of the inscribed material covered by the excavation of the French Institution of Archaeology in Cairo, okay, near Thebes. Subsequently, he spent several years recording 
with his colleagues the inscriptions of the famous Temple of Rams II at Abu Simbel in response to the UNECO appealed to the record appealed to the record the monument shortly to be permanently inundated by let me see, I guess by the new Aswan Dam. Okay, so we know where he's at and we and we know what kind of work he did. And he 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 was let me see, in nineteen fifty one he became a professor of Egyptology at Oxford University following back home's gun who who formerly was a curator here. In nineteen fifty four he was a visiting professor at Brown's University in the province of Rodale. So he's one of them white boy Egyptologists, okay? I'm not saying he's qualified to really look at African culture and understand what it is, but he, at least he's in the thick of it. Okay, and at least he's he's giving you he's the foremost authority on at least 350 texts that he did dealing with this issue. Because really, before I really looked at this issue, I thought everybody understood what was going on. But when I delved into it, I realized that he's the only one that really tried to make some sense out of it. And it's amazing. But what about okay? Now now you now now he's an Egyptologist. But when it comes to uh, anthropology and it comes to DNA reading, that he's not dealing with science. When you measure the tissues or the DNA pattern of these, or these skeletons or, or, or the residue of these skeletons, these people are all genetically related. I, I, Egyptologists can only tell you something historical based off what he believed, what he measured, and what he's seen. I'm talking about science. When you get into science, DNA can prove anything regardless of how dead you are. And through and DNA, through DNA a, a lot of these people are related. A lot of these people and had a lot that. of deformities. And the- and the problem with that is, right, they didn't disclose the full DNA evidence because it would tell who exactly who these people really were. You know, damn well, Halal don't want you to really know who they are. They never, if you look, if you really look it up and down to it, they didn't give all the information. They bits and pieces. It is not complete yet. But hold on for a minute and go, go ahead, sis. Cerny study. Other examples of incestuous marriages among commoners have been noted and yet remain controversial. Mm-hmm. Controversial. Go ahead. While, while it is generally understood that incest in the royal family did occur during the pharaonic period, it was probably only amongst half siblings, and the practice did not, except perhaps for a few instances, stand to commoners. The Greco Roman period. The Greco-Roman period can be described as the period following the conquest by Alexander the Great that marked the end of independent rule in Egypt. From 332 B.C. until C. 359, Egypt would be ruled by a succession of Macedonian kings and Roman emperors. For the purposes of this paper, this period will be divided into two parts, i.e. the Ptolemaic period, 305 BCE to 30 BCE, and the Roman period, 30 BCE 324, in which incestuous marriages were common. Mm. So now we see where it's common. Where is it common at? The the Roman Greek period. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Did you read the Ptolemy period yet? Did you get in that yet? Not yet. Uh, Incestuous marriages among Egyptians. Yes. Go ahead, sis. Go ahead. Okay, among, among Egyptian royalty are said to have peaked during the Ptolemaic period. Prior to the reign of the Ptolemies, only cases of half-sibling incest could be proven among the royal families in Egypt. 
Arsenal mm-hmm. and her younger brother, Ptolemy II, were the first to depart from tradition and engage in full sibling marriage. Okay, so now we see in the Ptolemy period, we see that they break away from the half-sister, and and, and up further in the article, they didn't even know whether they was really sisters or half-sisters. They ain't really, really figured it out. It's on it. But it's clear that in the Greek period, okay, that they broke away. And why did they break away? Because they did not understand the actual customs and traditions of those brothers and sisters in the Nile Valley River societies. It's a misunderstanding. It's funny as hell. Go ahead, sis. So so Arsenault and her younger brother, Ptolemy II, were the first to depart from tradition and engage in full sibling marriage. It has been suggested that this practice was a deliberate attempt by the Ptolemies to establish an innovative basis for a dynastic cult in the hopes of unifying the Egyptians and the Greeks. King Ptolemy II is noted as making incest a major theme of propaganda, emphasizing the divine nature of the couple, who he considered to be beyond the limits of conventional humanity. The descendants of Ptolemy II had a tendency to follow his example. Of the 13 Ptolemies who came to throne, seven contracted full-brother-sister marriages. Incest came to govern the marriage patterns of the Ptolemaic house, and the progeny of royal unions became progressively more inbred. However, from the Ptolemaic period, there is no non-literary and non-royal material dealing with incestuous marriages. Due to the lack of evidence... All right, hold on. Due to lack of evidence. Okay, listen. Due to lack of evidence, scholars believe that the brother-sister marriages during the Pliny reign was restricted to, to royalty. Interesting. Move on to the Roman Greek period real quick, the, the Roman period. And you see how they really get out of control here. This is showing you the, 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 the total degradation of African culture right in front of your face. Go ahead, sis. The Roman period. The Roman period marks the time in Egypt where there is an abundance of evidence for the widespread practice of sibling marriages, i.e. incestuous marriages among all social classes. The majority of the evidence stems from documentary papyri of several sorts, marriage contracts, petitions, census documents, etc. It is important to note that unlike evidence from earlier periods, which has seen can be subject to a variety of interpretations. The documents from the Roman period possess a technical character and an indisputable precision. Mm. 1980, in 1980, Keith Hopkins conducted a study of incestuous marriage in Roman Egypt, which is recognized as, as the most so- sophisticated and analytically satisfying study of its subject. Hopkins researched household census returns dating to the period between CE 19 to 20 and 257 to uh, 258, in which 270 censuses were preserved. From this, mm. Hopkins concluded that brother-sister marriages were the norm dur- during Roman times, adding, it is worth stressing that we are dealing here not with occasional premarital sex be- between siblings, but with lawful, publicly celebrated marriage between full brother and sister. He estimated mm. that 
one-third and maybe more of all men who had a marriageable sister chose intrafamilial marriages over marrying a woman from outside their family. And he further argued that the the surviving census returns are probably representative of a wider Egyptian population. This claim, however, was met with criticism. In 1992, Brent Shaw argued that the return study by Hopkins mainly came from Greek settlements and that the persons who completed the census were direct descendants, either of Greek settlers or of those Egyptians who were trying to pass as such persons. <laughs> That's funny, trying to pass. We've seen that happen, trying to pass. <laughs> Go ahead, end that up. Just finish that last sentence. Matter of fact, we can end that right there. Okay, I just want to kind of right. show you. And then when you deal with African societies, you deal with the dynastic periods, sometimes it was important to marry your sister, but it wasn't for sex. It was strictly for politics. It was strictly for the reserve, the line, not the bloodline like they try to make you say. But we all know that the bloodline goes through the woman. The di- when, when the woman line die out, right, then the dynastic period changes over. So it's not as simple as we thought it was. We start to understand it in the Greek and the Roman periods. It was all out, pure all out. But it's kind of real, real shaky. You know what I'm saying? Not really founded on the truth. And I got some other articles I'm putting in so y'all can read, and I think it's very interesting. Okay, so I got one article I'm going to put in there for y'all. It's from the journal. Let me see. Let me get this right here. I don't know if y'all can look. I don't think y'all can see the whole thing. But it's from the the Problem of Egyptology, Ancient Egyptian Kingship. Okay, this is in the Black Journal right here. The Black Journal, the, the Journal of Black Studies. And the brother does an excellent job on explaining this. So y'all can go ahead and spend y'all $10. Sometimes you might got to spend a couple of dollars to really get to this. See, just jumping straight on the Internet all the time might not be the best thing. You've got to get to these journals. If you belong to a college, you can put your code in, and you can get and read the full journal. I just threw that in there. You can read the abstract of the journal. I don't want to read that because I don't want to take up too much time. But I'm telling you, the evidence is there to clearly show. Now, Ngozi introduced the genetic studies, which is very, very important, but we're not getting a full blown on that. We just not. But that's all, all I right. basically want to say on that. Day. Go, go ahead, um, Sinjetti. Okay. Um, and again, just to you know, reiterate, um, you know, again, the example that Ngozi gave, you know, is dealing specifically with the 18th dynasty, um, and the information that. Uh, Unc is giving is dealing primarily with the Greco-Roman period uh, after Alexander, uh, what, around the 4th century BCE going up. All right, so we're dealing with two different time periods. Now, what, what I talked about here, the Old Kingdom, too, though, brother. I talked about the Old yeah. Kingdom as, as, as finding none. Well, no, well, as far as the detailed information. With the, okay, uh, all right. All right. So what I'm going to read um, can be referenced from what's called Papyrus Chester Beatty, B-E-A-T-T-Y. And we all know it's spelled Chester. Um, it can also be found on the Papyrus Harris 500, British Museum 10060. Okay. All right. Here's our collection of what they call love poems. Okay. The first one, I'm going to read this. 
says, beginning of the sayings of, of the great happiness. The one, the sister without peer, the handsomest of all, she looks like the rising morning star at the start of a happy year, shining bright, fair of skin, lovely the look of her eyes, sweet the speech of her lips. She has not a word too much, a bright neck, shining breast, hair, true lapis lazuli, arms surpassing gold, fingers like lotus buds, heavy thighs, black woman, narrow waist. Her legs parade her beauty. With graceful step, she treads the ground, captures my heart by her movements. She causes all men's neck to turn about to see her. Joy has he whom she embraces. He is like the first of men. When she steps outside, she seems like the other one. Now, a quick breakdown of this. First off, this is a man who's speaking about a woman who he's admiring. He finds her very attractive, right? But see, he calls her the sister. So in this case, it's similar to how we might might say, yo, 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 what's up, man? You still dating that sister right there? Yeah, 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 that sister going to be my wifey. Okay, you're not talking about your little sister because you wouldn't talk about your blood, your full-blown blood sister like this. Okay, in this case, all right? He describes her body, talks about heavy thighs, narrow waist. I mean, that right, that in itself is a description of a black woman's body. So, you know, we we can erase the, uh, the European type of body. Uh, the next stanza is by a sister, and she says this. My brother torments my heart with his voice. He makes sickness take hold of me. He is neighbor to my mother's house, and I cannot go to him. Mother is right in charging him thus. Give up seeing her. It pains my heart to think of him. I am possessed by love of him. Truly, he is a foolish one, but I resemble him. He knows not my wish to embrace him or would write to my mother. Brother, I am promised to you by the gold of women. Come to me that I may that I see your beauty. Father, mother will rejoice. My people will hail you all together. They will hail you, oh my brother. Okay, so again, it's a sister she seems like she's secretly admiring him because she says he knows not my wish to embrace him. So obviously, you're not talking about your blood brother, okay? So, of course, there's uh, several other stanzas. up to seven stanzas, um, you know, uh, throughout these uh, this collection of poems. But, again, like, what do you think about that? Now, that comes from the pathless, okay? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got, we got scientific study. We got journals. But we, but we always have to remember, read what they wrote because that, you have to read and let them speak for themselves. This is what they said. So, so like, what's, what's, what's a little critique on that? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I get that. If you understand what's going on, if you don't, you're going to think they, you know, they run around each other. You're going to think it's brothers and sisters. It's crazy. Right, right, as right, I, right, right. As now, I said, now, as I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, like here, this is a general sense. Now, um, I mean, of course you may have exceptions to the world. Like, I'm quite sure there may be evidence. Uh, as Brother Gozi 
uh, proposed of the 18th Dynasty, as you thought. They're actually keeping their bloodline within the family, per se. You know. Um, but I do think it is a misconception to say that it is an extremely common practice for all society yeah. right. to do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. You have to have exceptions. You know, like I think that 18th Dynasty would definitely have been an exception to that rule. You know what I'm saying? Because me as a, um, you know, as a uh, one with the school for biology, understand that when you have when you when you make cl- that closely to genetics, then deformities are inevitable. Okay, as Nkozi rightly pointed out. But see, you don't have a lot of that. Let's say in the 19th dynasty. Okay. Not at so, all. You know, you know what I'm saying? Which is why you have a lot of them living. A lot of them do live long, like. Uh, um, Usamare, mm-hmm. yeah, Usamare or Ramisu the second, he lived in, to be in his eighties or nineties. Ninety years old. Right. Yeah, and he had uh, over a hundred children. You know, saying five various different women. Okay. Here's a here's a good point here. Let me let me kind of make an example. Um, here's a question for the panel: Would you agree that in North America, right? Marriage is a legal thing. Would all would all y'all agree to that? Yes. Okay. Of course. Okay. And would you also agree it's also a religious matter? As well. Yes. Go ahead. Hey, you know, like in God, we tr- you know how they do in the marriages. Everybody agree to that, correct? Right. Okay. Now, are you also aware that in ancient Africa that wasn't that wasn't the case? Let me go to the Black Journal, Journal of Black Studies. I put it inside the uh, chat room. Okay, go ahead, pay your ten dollars and get the whole thing, or put your code in there, in college, and read the whole damn journal. You go to page one forty-two, the Black uh, Journal of Black Studies. It says all these can. No, let me go and say also because it is well known that marriage in ancient Egypt was a cultural event, not a legal or religious matter. And that reference for that would be Robinson, 1993, page 57. The idea of property entitlement is a fascination of Western civilization uh, that, that is primal genitor system. That's a system dealing with the male, okay, the bloodline going through the male. So, so they put their ideas and concepts once again, right, black, back on people that never seen it that way. And that'll kind of take us into our next discussion on is my religion. And I always say, when you're fighting to be African, you want to view the world, right, through the eyes of original people. You want to try to change your life to where you can start to see the way our ancestors saw. Because we're the ancestors, and the ancestors are us. And so it's very, very important, right, that when we're, when we're studying and when we're getting things off the Internet, it's a certain way to do certain things. we got to kind of delve a little bit deeper. I see where you're coming from, Ngozi, and I feel you with that. But the point I'm making is no one to this point really dove into exactly how it all come out. So let's summarize real fast. We see that it was Greeks misinterpreting our ancient mythology, first of all, and thought maybe, well, you can just transfer it to the king. The king can do that too. So that means they had no understanding. Right then, we see that it was wholesale craziness, okay, on the part of Egyptologists, not even understanding that simple thing of that's my sister, that's my 
what I'm saying? It's like saying a brother playing basketball, you say, man, he's on fire. I agree. I agree with you 100%. We, me and you, broke it down. If we play basketball and we say that nigga on fire, you wouldn't run and get a hose and spray him out, would you? No. He would no, say, no, man, no. he's shooting a light out the basket. We always do that. And we do it We did, We do. do it now, and we did it then. Go ahead and go. I mean, yeah. Go I, ahead I, go. I, I understand what you're saying. Just like, like, like me and you talked the other day, and I say, you know, if you say some shit like, uh, I'm about to fall back. You know, some people right. that they, if they they don't understand. I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. And I said earlier before I even spoke, I said that in Africa, in African tradition, all most people in all their traditional systems, whether it's Yoruba, uh, Akan, or whatever, people refer to each other as sister and brother. I understand that. I, I'm not misinterpreting that. But as a critical thinker, not just even just looking at what a cracker say, but just studying that dynasty that I brought up specifically, these people had a lot of deformities, and it makes sense. As a critical thinker, it makes sense to me. I'm not saying it's factual. I'm not saying it's not, but it's a okay. belief. Okay. It, okay. It, makes, it makes sense to me that okay. in, that, in this specific dynasty that these people didn't really understand the old traditional ways of Kemet, and, 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 they, and they were fucked up. The same thing with, um, with, um, with, with when you get Yusamad, Tepin Ra, Ramasu, Mary Amen, who prayed to Amun Ra. The same thing when you get... Um, um, Amenhotep II, who believed, I think it was Amenhotep II from the right, or one of them, who said that the Sphinx talked to him when he had to, when he had to take the sand away. These people <laughs> had their own thing going. So my thing is, is that in this specific dynasty, it appears as if they did it, and it makes sense that they did it, because a lot of the people were deformed. A lot of the people had deformities. They, looked, they, was, they was fucked up genetically. And, and, and in, in this specific I, I dynasty, that. in this specific dynasty, it, it, it appears as if they were trying to preserve their bloodline because they didn't want to mix with nobody else outside of their family, so they believe it was a royal inheritance to maintain that wealth within that specific origin because that bloodline was divine. They believed that. They believed it was divine. Uh-huh. That's all I'm okay. saying. Okay. I, I get that, but, but, but we want to make sure we're the vanguard of African culture, and we don't want to kind of promote our beliefs. We want to make sure we have doctrine. Now, I can see what you're saying, but as far as it being a total fact, that's the point I wanted to make sure because, see, people run, they, they, they hear things and they run with it. You know what I'm saying, Ngozi? That's why I wanted to detail where did this ancestral thing came from. And I wanted to put the references and the resources so we can kind of see it. I, I get your point. It's a belief you have that that those deformities are caused by incest. Okay. I hear that. But I just want to make sure that the level of scholarship always is to the point where a person can say yes for certain. That's what that is. I just wanted to bring that point out, Don Gozi, yeah. and I so, feel so, that. Wait, wait, I want to say this. So, um, cause based on what I'm saying, uh, is is are you saying that we do not know for a fact that you know they practice incest? We don't have no idea. I'm saying That's that what they I'm have no to hear from listening to both of y'all. Right, they have no credible evidence, right? And, and I brought you one of the one of the foremost authorities on breaking down 350 different steely, right, that he can't even verify that. that well, no well, one since then has even opposed him on that issue, though. Well, actually, I'm just you that. Well, actually, according to the anthropology and the, and the genetics, it, it, it's actually a fact that the people were related. Now, I'm not behind, I'm not behind their measurement and I'm not in their labs, but, appear, but based off right. what they put out, they right. were all related. And based on uh, we the are related, though, according to hold DNA. Hold on, yeah. Let me just say this. And also, okay. based off the dynasties that I read off the sheet that I wrote out, all these people were related. The, the hieroglyphs say that 
Upmost the first, or Upmost, who kicked out the in the eighteenth dynasty, and Upmost uh, uh, um, Nefertari the first were brother and sister, right? direct brother and sister in this specific eighteenth dynasty. They had the same mother that, and the same that father. Yeah, yes, it's, yes, it's there. His mother, their mother was Let me just say this, bro. Their, her mother or their mother was Ahotep the first, and Sikara, and Sikara Dao the second. They, they had the same mother and father. This is based off the hieroglyph. This is what the glyph is saying. Question. How do you know that they had sex with each other? Because, like I said, they married for, 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 for certain things, not necessarily. They had a couple wives. You, you got to understand African tradition on that. I'm I understand what you're saying. Uh-uh. I understand what you're saying. But what I'm saying is, utmost Nefertari, the first mother and father, was the same mother and father as Upmost the first, and it's even okay, pictures so or pictures on the glyph. So that, that was her. That was his. That was her direct mother and father. She was the daughter of the same people. They were all related. I mean, that's just they were related. And if you look at the children that they had, a lot of the children didn't even survive because only two of Upmost's children survived. That was Amenhotep the first and Amos Meri Amen. Those were the only two survived. They had seven children. Only two survived. Why did the rest of the children die? Because they were deformed. Yeah, the, the bloodline was connected. Listen, listen. So hold on. So how many? So so let's count on a hand. How many do you got? How many kings and queens do we have in in Africa now? About civilization. And how many are you saying practice this practice? You're I'm only like naming. What? I'm naming the lineage out the Tutmosis the first, which is Hatshepsut, all the way down to Amenhotep the fourth. And Tutmosis the first actually broke that lineage. He broke that DNA when he married Amenhotep the first daughter, which was Queen Amus. When he married her, it was broken. But when it comes to, I'm talking about about four pharaohs, um, utmost the first, and his father and father. That's three pharaohs right there in the suits right there. And I'm talking about from Tutmos the second all the way down to Amenhotep the third. So that's one, two, three, four, five. That's six in the suits that I'm naming right there, including King Tut, which is seven, who married his half sister and had two children so by her. Seven. But the children so died. Because you're saying seven because of DNA evidence. I'm saying? saying seven because of the DNA evidence, and I'm saying seven based off the records of what the Egyptians wrote, who these people were, the relations to All the right, people so according so to the hieroglyphs. Okay, that's what I want you to do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want you to do. Let me read something here. Let me read something from uh, Flinders Petrie. Uh, yeah, let me read something from Flinders Petrie. Now, Flinders Petrie, um, he, he's a credible Egyptologist. He's the one in the uh, in the eighteen in the late late eighteen hundreds. He actually went and he measured the pyramids. Okay. Um, and he did it directly himself. Okay. Now, when you go to the book um, A History of Egypt, volume number two, published in 1896, page 337, he says um, this From the Stella of Mufi, it is certain that Ahotep was mother of Ahmes I, or Ahmos I, and hence Ahmos and Nefertari were the same mother. Yet, um, we cannot suppose them to have had both parents alike. Hold on. Abmos is always, except once, shown as the same color of the other Egyptians. While the color is almost always colored black. And any symbolic reason uh, invented to account of such color applies equally to uh, her brother, who is nonetheless um, not black, but just something else. Um, as the Fatari was especially venerated as the ancestress of the dynasty, we must suppose that she was in the royal succession, succession 
appears to have been wrecked, and hence her black color is more likely to have come through her father. The only conclusion that these points should be um, established is that the the queen Ahotep had two husbands, one black, the father of Nefertari, namely, and the celebrated second Enra, who was of Berber type. Um, you keep going. The other, an Egyptian, the father of Ahmos and his other brothers, Kamis and, and yet another brother, which explains why those three kings were separated from the other children of Ahotep by her husband, Ebenera, and placed in a different line in the tomb of Kabekit's apartment. All right? So that, that's a little... That's, a little something from from this petri. So hey, you say summarize that for us, Jetty. Okay, this here is actually kind of support in a way supports both of which is both of what you're saying, Hans, and what uh, Goji's saying at the same time. Here is saying that all of them had the same mother. That they both had the same mother. However, um, he's suggesting that um, Amos Nefertari and Amos the first. May have had a different father. No, okay. But, but Hold yet on. They still, but yet they still had the same bloodline because through through the mother. Mhm. Watch, watch this. Watch this. I'm gonna come to the article in the Black Journal: Problems in Egyptology, Ancient Egyptian Kingship. This is written in 2000. When was the Petrie thing written in? Okay, Petrie wrote this in 1896. And when, it, oh, when you're ready, I'll read you something from 1973. And watch this. This is 2000, page 145, right? It says, to date, all studies on ancient Egyptian kinship terms fail to agree on the nature of their kinship system or social organization. Although ancient Egypt kinship terms have been somewhat clarified, their use and the kinship term requires further study. Robinson, 1993, and Burry, 1980, drawing no conclusion on the type of kinship system used by the ancient Egyptians in their work. Although Frederick sees it as Kari, Jensen describes it as Hawaiian, and Williams, 1919, describes it as Meyer's system with integration and extension rules. Frank determines the system to be both systematical and blarital. Wow. Hold on. It's a more important Egyptologists have imposed Western Indo-European kinship terminology on the ancient Egyptian society by mechanically following Western kinship terms. For example, Finn, which is uh, one which, which is literally the brother of my mother or mother's brother is typically referred to as uncle. This type of in, this type of imposition of Western kinship terminology alters the comparison and reality of the ancient Egyptian kinship terms and social organizations. For example, Forger, nineteen ninety six states the rule of succession from brother to brother until the branch becomes extinct and from uncle to son of the eldest brother is further evidence of the greater importance attached to the patronal. Now, you know, damn well they ain't have a patronal system. They say in Western kinship, in Western European kinship terminology, the term uncle 
the term uncle has several components. One is that it designates a male and could encompass generations above and below that of a related relative. Consequently, it could be one's mother's brother, mother's sister's husband's, husband's father's brother, and father's sister's husband. Okay, by examining Forgy's statement without the Western um, imposition of kingship terminology, a different reality appears. The succession from brother to brother until the branch became extinct and from mother's brother to to son of the eldest is further, let me turn the page, hold on, is further evidence of the greater importance attached to the patronal. The change in kinship terminology from uncle to mother's brothers alters the entire context of Forge's assumption and makes the question of patronal dubious at best. In fact, the term mother's brother could be said to de- to, to demonstrate the importance attached to the matronial. This type of um, imposition of Western kinship terminology alters the comparison, the compensation of the reality of the ancient district kinship family and social and social organization. Hmm. I'm saying that these people don't know what the hell they're talking about. Okay? This is a very good article for you to read. Okay, very, very important argument for you to read. And then look at the, the notes. I'll get into the notes. Somebody want to add that real quick before I get into the notes real quick, and then we can move right on. Right, move right on. Hey, everybody quiet on that. Indeed, oh, you, you say, you say, you say, you, hold on, what you say, brother? Let, let me oh, finish no, the article no, fast. No, I was saying, you know, nobody got anything to add in there, you know, I, you know, my thing is um, that shit just distort the whole thing. I'm saying we reading all these people, yo, they be distorting the shit, yo. It's clear. I, 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 mean, I think they, I think they were screwed up. As a critical thinker, I believe that they were screwed up. As my own thinker, I think that 18th Dynasty was fucked up. Uh, the people, I mean, that's just me. I mean, I'm a critical thinker. I understand what Brother Sinjedi is saying, and it's a fact that Africans practice and say sister and brother. But to that 18th, I'm not talking out of emotion. I'm being serious. I'm not. I'm just being a critical thinker. That 18th Dynasty. To me, that whole dynasty was just fucked up genetically. That's just me. You know what's interesting about that? I think that was um, um, Dr. Ben's favorite um, dynasty. It was. Right, and he never mentioned that. Was he trying to hide something? Of course he wouldn't mention it. Why would he mention it? Go ahead, go ahead, Jenny. No, no, no. Yeah, Dr. Clark, Dr. Clark was the favorite dynasty. Now, again, you know, whether it's someone's writing in 1800 or somebody's writing in 2012, if the information is correct, it's correct. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, 2 plus 2 is, you know, 4, whether, whether you're saying in 1800 or something today. All right, so the thing read by Flinders Petrie, this, this man went over there and actually – did the on-ground research, you know what I'm saying? Right, um, right. So, right. You no, know, now. But this art, this article is on those people though, particularly yeah. all of them. Yeah. Give yeah. them all yeah. of them the charge. That's why we got to grow up, yo, and be uh, digging in the dirt. Okay, right. Now, again, you know, 
it is a practice that people did that. You know what I'm saying? Having, you know, be married to a half brother or half sister. I don't really, <laughs> it's not that, it's not a big deal. It's a big deal, but it's not a big deal. Like, if it happened, it happened. You know what I'm saying? There's records that suggest that. I saw the engine records that suggest that. Like where? Now, this, where? Now, this Just is not. Just give me the link so I can see it. I'm saying, Jay, where you at? Do you have it? I'm going to give you a link here. Hold on. Well, I already told you here, um, you can get that Friends of Peachy book. I can actually send you the book, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, send that real um, quick. All right, we'll, we'll talk about the book. Um, but that is a practice. Right. You know, man, it's not, it's not, not rocket science. It is a practice that people marry to have brothers and sisters in order to preserve the bloodline or the legitimacy. Okay? People did that. Okay, it's possible it happened. Um, now, did every single person do that? I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? So we can't every always make blanket statements. <laughs> we can't always make blanket statements. We can't say uh, none of them did that, and then we can't say all of them did that. We have to be specific. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, we made specific. Like, How like, many problems like, they have? Hold on, hold You pointed out that, the, well, I think the sister read it as well, that they have written documents saying that these people were brothers and sisters, like in the Roman, Greco-Roman period. Like, that's, you right. know, mm-hmm. uh, straightforward. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, but here's a good question, though, real fast. Now, hold on. Now, 18th Dynasty, okay, when you look at the papyri, when you look at the monuments, and when they talk about whose who's parents is what, I mean, it says it right there. You know what I'm saying? Now, with everybody full blood, um, brother and sister, no. But they want to preserve their bloodline. And on top of that, on top of that, um, the 18th Dynasty was started by um, uh, Nubians. Okay? Ahmos, yeah. um, like, um, pardon me, Ahotep, Tedesheri, who was Ahmos' grandmother, they came out of Nubia. Okay, so they probably had a a a, a, modif- a slight modified version of practices than straight Egyptian people. You know what I'm saying? So we got to take those things into account when, when we in factor in, into these things. We're going to go to the 19th dynasty. All right, we deal with um, uh, we deal with Seti. Pardon me, you deal with Ramesu the first, Seti the first. And then Ramisu the second, okay? Like their situation was a little bit different, okay? Then mm-hmm. the straight 18th dynasty in the beginning. And then you have to look at the time period too, which is different. See, the 18th dynasty, they kicked out the Hyksos, okay? And, and remember, you have, excuse me, Hyksos trying to mix their blood in to their society. Okay, so how do you weed weed out Hickson's blood in your society by keeping your bloodline in there? You know what I'm saying? You there? I'm here. Oh, okay, okay. The phone was kind of going out. All right, so we also have to take into account the you know what, what was going on in, in that time period in history. You know what I'm saying? Whereas though, let's say in the early dynasties, one, two, three, and four. They didn't have the same problems as what happened in the 18th, what happened in the, uh, 
the um, the eighteenth, the seventeenth and eighteenth dynasty. It was a different situation. Okay. Quick. Now, after the fact, when the nineteenth and the twentieth come in, they really perhaps didn't have to do that. They didn't have to start, you know, start a whole bloodline. Question: Did y'all say King Ty? I mean, Queen Ty was married to what? Y'all said y'all mentioned that too. I said Queen, oh. yeah, Queen Queen T. That was Amin Hotel's third wife. Now, now, hold on. In the footnotes of this article in the Black Journal, this is what he says. For example, Queen Ty, right, or Queen T, wife of Amin Hotel III, held the title King's sister. But in fact, she was not his sister or half sister. And the reference for that is, hold on, hold on. The reference for that is Noel Den, 1995, page 9 through 69. All right, let me finish this off real quick. Hold on. And this notes. He say indeed kinship and social organization are, uh, are primarily patterns of behavior determined by culture. I'm gonna say this again. Indeed, kinship and social organization are primarily patterns of behavior determined by culture. So you gotta understand the culture to determine the patterns. He goes on to say, by proceeding from a Western European perspective. Egyptologists, that's Peachtree and all the boys, right? Egyptologists not only impose Western kingship terms on ancient Egyptian society, but they also impose cultural connotations and values to these terms. In fact, this has been one of the methods used by Egyptologists to remove ancient Egypt civilization and its African context. Well, I just put the articles in there. Right? Okay. Um, I think I we I got I, I think the points were well, you know what I'm saying, demonstrated. I just want to let y'all know that I hope y'all save these damn links because they some real powerful links. Okay, get some journals, break down the information so you can understand what's going on. Now I won't go to the phone line. Let's see where everybody at. Where you at, Kimmy? What's up, brother? Black African power. Brother Kimmy. Hotel, like asking power. Hotel, what's up, brother? You want you want to ask something? You have something to say before we get into is my out of religion? Um, you know, a lot's been said. I've been listening. I've been in the chat room. Um, you just have to be careful about, like I say all the time, European uh, scholarly uh, sensibility. They lie about every damn thing, and you're better off listening to Khalid Muhammad than some PhD that's read your stuff. <laughs> And so the reality is, is that any ideas of incest being a system practiced by any African families or civilizations is no different than Europeans accusing us of all kinds of hideous shit that ain't right, that ain't true. It's the same. It's the same action. It's an attempt to shit on your grandparents. So that you turn your back on me and sit on the lap of a child molester named Jesus Christ. So, Brother Kimmett, can I ask you a question? Sure. So, as a human being, you honestly believe that Africans, as a human being, I ain't talking. I'm not talking about crackers, but as a human being, you honestly believe that Africans were just straight civilized all over the continent, all over the continent, fifty-two countries, over a million languages. And within these different countries, they speak different languages and different tribes, that each African was civilized as a human being. They had no mental problems or no form of disabilities or retardations or none of that. you believe that? I don't believe that at all. What I know 
is that Africans had an organic system of dealing with every aspect of life, from birth to death, concerning the universe and every other place. And so what I do know and what I support is what Winnie Mandela told this white girl at American University when she asked her about the blacks, killing the blacks in South Africa before uh, the white man came. And she laughed like I'm laughing. (laughs) You are young. Before the white man came, no blacks were killing any blacks. They weren't even killing each other in war. So there is specific evidence. There is specific evidence of us having time periods where we did not have bloodshed. Europeans don't have that in their history. And what part of Africa? Wait a minute. In all parts. There are are parts of history. In all parts. What do you mean what part of Africa? South Africa specifically for what I just said. What do you mean? You have four, You have fifty three countries. You have different people on different parts 50, of the, the have, continent, and you telling you me that 53, you have fifty three, fifty four artificially created countries that are at war I, because of but, the artificial borders. When you yeah, talk I, 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 I understand that, brother. But Africans always have different minute. tribes. In, in Nigeria, in Nigeria they speak in Nigeria they speak five hundred twenty one languages. These are countries, not states. Whatever. All right, that's what we're going to do. In ancient times, when the term and concept didn't exist in the African consciousness, the word for "do it in the booty" didn't come to the Africans until the white man came. So <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but I know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay, brother, let me just now. Can I say something to you, please? I'm, and I'm not disputing what you're saying, but I'm just saying again. I'm a critical thinker. That's all in the golden and years. I'm, I'm real. I'm real. I, over, I understand I what you're saying, but if you study ancient Nigeria, if you study ancient Ni- or Nigeria, in Nigeria. You have people that speak 521 languages. All people in Nigeria did not see things the same. I always give reference to this book written by a brother named Adise Akundeo. It's called The Chronicles of Ifa. He explains in there at one point in Nigeria, the Yoruba at one point used to sacrifice the Igbo people. This is from a Nigerian Babalao who explains that at one time Africans used to sacrifice other African tribes. Africans and always did. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just say this. Let me, let me finish. Let me just finish. Africans, Africans always had differences. They always had. They, they never seen things as one. That's bullshit. That's that's you're romanticizing a continent with different people. If Africa had unity, we wouldn't be in the situation that we in now. Period. Well, you unity, don't, don't, you unity, don't don't, don't, unity do not allow foreigners to come in, convert you to to their concepts and their ideas, and then brainwash you to overthrow another village. Evidently, I you had it. villages going I against villages already, it. and they went against it. That's just what. It, that's fact. Come on, man. I get it. You don't. You don't have to holler. I get it because uh, you. I'm just passionate, but I'm not hollering at you. I'm just a passionate person. No, no, no. Okay, but, but it sounds confusing. <laughs> all got together. It sounds confusing to me, though. Just to be clear. All right, come on, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move the conversation right. on real quick. All right, where you at? Let me let, let me uh where, where you at, Asar? Then I got you. I see you here. I got you. Where you at, brother Asar? Man, we, hold on, hold on. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at, there, Asar? Man, they keep getting on. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. What's good, brother? What's going on? That's a lot. 
Everything's good. Everything's good. Uh, peace to the family on the phone, <clears throat> on the radio. I mean, peace, peace, brother. We, we want to kind of move right in. We want to move kind of right into the. Um, your line is open there, brother Basir. All right, line is open. We, now we want to move into the uh, to the aspect of was my yacht is was my yacht a religion? Is it a such thing as my yacht in Islam? We're going to deal with that. Definitely want to deal with that. So go ahead, Asa. I'm going to let you open the floor. And I was looking for an elder to call in and speak on the subject matter. Where, where are you, David? Where you at? Go ahead, Asa. I'll start that. It, to you, is my yacht a religion? From what you've seen? Um, in, in the traditional sense of the concept of religion, I would have to say no. Um, it, there's, it's, but at the same time, you you could you could also say that it is part of the spiritual framework of the ancient Egyptians because that was their guiding um, concept and measure. But you couldn't you couldn't call Mahat a religion like you would call Islam a religion, like as they recognized the system as Mahat. And, and I think primarily that's the, you know, saying the, uh, well, one of the departure points in relation to, um, I guess, you know, we're speaking on Brother uh, Dr. Wesley Muhammad and his uh, concept of, you know, a ma'atic Islam. And in, in terms of the concepts, so so I'm, I'm separating here that, you know, ma'at amongst the ancient Egyptians is a, it's not even a concept. It's a series, a set of concepts um, versus Islam, which is a cultural and religious system, you know, with rules and practices and rituals and things of that nature. And so I want to separate that concept. And then if we are going to actually, you know, do a comparison between the two, it would have to be between the um, – the concepts in which they represent in terms of Islam as a concept versus uh, Ma'at as a concept. And I don't think that they are compatible um, basically mainly because of the way the systems are. Because the Ma'at is a system of equality in a sense. And the, the, the Islamic system is not a system of um, equality. And, and and I'm I'm speaking on equality in the terms of respecting other people's traditions and things of that nature. Like the, you know, without without the taboos of worshiping other gods and things of this nature, there would be no Islam. Like Islam only exists to be anti other cultural and spiritual traditions. That's not the same with Ma'at. You know, Ma'at embraces of the cultural tradition. And you find all throughout the ancient Egyptian um, time for a time period, you know, over 3,000 years, that they incorporated, you know, various different uh, things into their tradition. Africans do this inner, in, in inner Africa. Um, you know, Yoruba is the same way. Not all the gods among the Yoruba are Yoruba gods. You know, some are Akan deities, some are from Benin, you know. And they... they they put it together to create a, a system, a pantheon of a system. And this is what you find um, in ancient Egypt and why some of the deities overlap in concept. You don't find this in Islam because Islam has, is operating under a different paradigm, which tr- 
tries to exclude and compartmentalize, whereas staying true to the Mahatan concept, it tries to equalize and level off in terms of uh, incorporating different, uh, different, you know, spiritual uh, systems and aspects into a uh, what it appears to be a a, a seamless uh, narrative, so to speak, in, in, in regards to the systems. But um, you know, depending on specific your your questions get we can actually get into you know what is my heart and where does this concept or this series of concepts come from okay so, okay all right uh you uh you, you you know what's very interesting though when, when you deal with my yacht and i heard obango he put it the best he said my yacht is the understanding of things very damn interesting and it makes sense see because if you understand things, you understand where you at and understand the nature of things around you, you might learn how to plant something. If you understand the things around you, you might learn how to deal with the plant life around you. Like use it for medicine, medicinal purposes, might use it to poison certain arrows, might use it to clear some acne. You know what I'm saying? If you understand things around you, you might be able to create a math system. So it's clear. A science system. It is so clear that the Africans had something that was far, far, far superior than anything we've seen. Because I heard, so I heard you ask this question about two years ago. I'll never forget it. You was like, give me one groundbreaking thing that you can find in the Quran, the Bible, you know what I'm saying, or the New Testament, the Old Testament, right, that if human beings wouldn't have it, right, they wouldn't be in the position they're in today. Give me one original fact. One original idea and concept, and they have no answer for that because there aren't any things in the Qurans, in the in the Torahs, in the New Old Testament that there aren't any original ideas that if the human population didn't have it, we wouldn't be right here today. They have they haven't any. I can give you hundreds of ideas and concepts that if they did not have it, uh, if Africans didn't invent it, that we as a people wouldn't be where we at today. Where you at, Brazil? Please, please, I'm right here. Um, the, the, the first thing I would like to say is um, I don't know the brother that was speaking about so much on Islam as if he, he know about Islam, but what he said was definitely incorrect. But I'm not even going to go there because we don't have the time for that right now. That's another show. Nevertheless, we don't know about Islam. He don't know about Islam. I just heard him. I'm not going to Nevertheless, um, when we look at, the first thing we have to do is define what religion is and agree to the definition. That's the first thing. Because if we all want to have different opinions on what religion is, that's one thing. But if we can come up to a common agreement of what religion is, I think that will move it um Move us further. Second thing is defining, after finding what religion is or how we're going to define it, we have to next define ma'at and actually what it represents. And then, of course, with ma'at, we're going to have to go to the negative confessions and then we'll come to the answer. So, my short, my, my short story would be if we look at the system in which, um, in, in particular, during the New Kingdom, 
if we look at the system that they use to bury their people, <clears throat> most commonly the people with money, um, the pharaohs as well, but the common people as well, made sure that there were certain rituals that was done so that on judgment they will get um, immortality. So we understand that to be true, and I, I think that we all agreed to those facts a couple of weeks ago. So the agree to what agree. though? I ain't say I agree to what though, Michelle. What, what is it that we agreed to a couple of weeks ago? Well, well, I, think, I, think, I think that we agree that the burial practices, particularly in the New Kingdom, were practices which rituals were used. Uh, some may call it spells or writings were used on the sarcophagus, on the um, on the tomb itself, or on the um, the, the, the wrappings. So understanding that there was a concept of being judged, and that is why they say, I have not committed sin, I have not committed robbery, so on and so forth, I have not stolen. These are the words that's going to be uttered. We understand that these are the words that's going to be uttered on judgment when their heart is weighed. And so this here to me, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not the fastest guy. You know, I'm slow, but I ain't stopped. <laughs> yeah, you slow. <laughs> you slow, but I ain't stopped. That's, that's the part you, you forgot. But, <laughs> you ain't you know, what? You ain't what? I'm slow, but I haven't stopped. <laughs> 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 you know, but nevertheless, when we look at, um, you know, these things, we understand clearly that there was a concept in their mind in order for them to establish uh, these negative confessions, we and 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 some have not, and some of the forty second um, negative confession, it reads, "I have not destroyed property belonging to God." To be in one translation, and also in the thirty eighth um, confession, "I have not stolen that which belongs to God." So we know that the the deities played an important role in their life, and we know that the um, Egyptians, they used um, those concepts to prepare them for immortality, and that in itself spells religion, religion, religion. Okay. And, All right. And, and, and this, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm saying is I wish I had the button to push and clap clap hands for you on that. It was a good sermon, <laughs> y'all. But, but let me... Let me, let me start. Let me start the first definition of religion. All right, what and, is religion to you, yo? Say it slow. Say it slow. Well, well, because we speak English, I'm gonna go with the English dictionary, and then I'll go uh, okay. with the Islamic. I'll go uh, with the Islamic philosophy on okay. what religion is. You have the so, African philosophy on what religion is, though. That's important here. Yeah. Well, if you bring the African philosophy. Huh? You know, you have to bring those references, but that's cool. That's cool. Oh, no, nah, well, go ahead. I'll just go ahead. Hurry up, because I'm going to get you calling, and then we're going to start letting the panel. And then, Ish, where you at, Brother Ish? I'm right here, huh? All right, I want you to step up after, uh, you know, after um, Bashir finished trying to trying to uh, colonize us. Go ahead, Bashir. Uh, this definition here, and then uh, 
And in fact, somebody could respond while I'm looking for it. Um, okay, let me let me go in here. Um, so you just jump this. You just jump this. Can't jump this. Okay, I, I got it. I got it. I can go now. All right, All go right. ahead. This is this is from uh, the Webster's dictionary, and I and I agree one hundred percent of nineteen fifty nine. But nevertheless, uh, it reads as follows: um, The first definition is belief in a divine or supreme human belief in a divine or supreme human power or power to be obeyed and worshipped as the creator or creators and ruler or rulers of the universe. Second is expression of disbelief in conduct and ritual. Third is any specific system of belief, worship, conduct, etc. Often specific systems of belief, worship, conduct, etc. Often involving a code of ethics and a philosophy as the Christian religion, the Buddhist religion, loosely any system of beliefs, practices, ethical ethical values, etc., resembling suggestive of or like it to such a system, humanizing is his religion. And four, a state of mind or way of life expressing love for the love for and trust in God and one's will and effort to act accordingly to the will of God, especially within a monotheistic order or community as he achieved religion. And the fifth and final definition reads, any object of consciousness, regard, and pursuit as cleanliness was a religion to him. So based on this definition of what religion is, uh, the one that I think applies in this case is a system of belief that is conducted um, where there's a belief that is conducted and there's rituals behind it. And it it represents a specific system of belief, worship, or conduct. And that is the same definition that the Quran explains as deen, meaning a way or path that one takes or one follows being its religion. Hmm. All right, that was a long ass. I done got lost somewhere on that. Everybody get that definition because that shit was. I heard belief, 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 belief. Let me ask you this question, Bashir. How in the hell can you build a civilization off of belief? Can you do that? Is that possible? Uh, of course. I, I think there's proof and evidence of that today. <laughs> I mean, every, you can every, build a civilization off of belief. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me. You want to add something to that, um, Brother Ish? <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's hard to reason with people that come from a dogmatic, you know what I mean? They're so indoctrinated into the dogmatic belief, you know. I, I would ask not just, you know, my brother Bashir, but anybody, you know, who comes from that mindset, do they understand what Dr. Clark means when he would teach on a pre-God Africa? Does anyone understand that, who comes from a religious background, what a pre-God Africa is? a pre-God Africa concept? Does anybody mm-hmm. understand that? It's a pre-God Africa. It's a pre-God Africa 
is the belief system that was already in place for thousands and thousands and thousands of years before any of these three main religions even existed. It was just pre-God Africa, which is the reason why Dr. Clark accurately points out that there was no there was no word for prison. There was no there was no no need for these type of things for the old folks' homes and these type of things. There's no reason for that because it was in the totality of understanding the Creator itself that you function under. This is a pre-God concept. So you have to step outside of the box and understand what the root of it is and get out of looking through the damn white man's perspective. Get it out of your head. You ruled your entire continent and this entire planet for thousands and thousands and thousands of years before Islam, before Christianity, and before motherfucking Judaism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I want to just ask something real quick. This is, you know, brother. Yeah, let, 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 let me say, let me say, um, in terms of, you know, the situation with my art and Islam or the different religions, uh, my art means truth. So you can find my art in everything. You know, I'm saying my art exists within you. So you can find my art in Islam. You can find it in the Bible. You can find it wherever. You know what I'm saying? It's true. That's all my eye is. And um, religion, the definition that I have is the service and worship of God or the supernatural. And God means the supreme reality, the being worshipped as the creator and ruler of the universe. And, you know, that being, you can say, is Ptah from Memphis, which um, Dr. Joe G.M. James speaks about in Stolen Legacy in great detail. And, um, for instance, um, Brother Bashir, he brought up the different laws in Kemet, in regards to it relating to the gods, you have the um the forty two in the forty two laws of Mayat. You have I have not stolen the gods' property. I have not cursed a god. I have not harmed the bread rations of God. I have not stolen half new cakes of a youth, nor have I fettered the god of my town. And also in the destruction of black civilization by Dr. Chancellor Williams. He, he speaks about how religion is very important to African people. So, you know, um, to basically the... Hold on, hold on real quick. Hold on real quick. We got 90 it? seconds. Y'all call in. Right. This is our wall. Uh, the caller number is 
let it be known that, in general, the white man don't like Islam. Let that be known. Because a lot of college brothers leaving that out. Like, they, they don't understand that. We can clearly see through the propaganda, through the media, uh, media and, and what they have been doing for the last 50 years, that they have a hatred for Islam, and in fact, an undying hatred for Islam. So let's not think that the white man loves Islam. That's, that's for one. All right? All the, second right. Thing, the, the second thing I just wanted to say is, is that nobody, when I asked the question thus far, my brother is, and I'm very disappointed in my brother, because I used a couple of references just like uh, Brother Heru just did, and that wasn't mentioned. When I mentioned about I have not restored the property that belongs to the guy, nobody said nothing about that except Brother Heru. So I'm so what I, what I want to know is, are we going to deal with the information that is brought, or are we just going to sit here and just speak and talk um, whatever it is we feel? We should handle the, the, the direct quote and the information that is brought so that we can get some clarity on the situation. Yeah, we well, I'll be, I'll be trust. happy to clarify my position on it. Can I say something? Can I say something? All right. Number one, Heru is incorrect by equating my eye as a religion. That's number one. So I'm sure that you would buy into that concept. That's another wow. matter. That is true. That is, wow. to, to, say, to say that Timmy was practicing a form of religion is inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Number two, Islam was created for the pale Arab in order to clean them up. It was not mm-hmm. used and created to clean up the Africans that had already had the African concept of a form of Islam was created for the pale era, i.e. the white era. That's what Islam was created for. It was then reset back into Africans, into the, the key on, region, got the music and that was a change of religion. That was not the original form of the religion. There is no one that can give you the original form of the religion because when it had left, it got remixed and brought back into Africa. So that's what I mean by white man's religion. That's a concept that you can't seem to get out of your head. And again, like I said, it's not just limited to you. That's that's yep. not the subject. That's not hey. the subject at hand. Why is my kind of religion? Can you deal with that? Can you deal yeah. with hold that? Hold on, hold on. We're going there. Go ahead, Saw. Because we got you. You know we got you trying hey, to. Uh, can, can I go out there, Saw? Can I go out there, Saw? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Saw. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I wanted to. Uh, I, I think Brother Ish kind of uh, went in the direction I was going, because the 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 nature of the topic is whether Maat itself is the religion, and without defining Maat, we can't get to the core of this discussion. And for me, a person who has studied Maat quite in, intensively. Uh, I can say that ma'at is not one thing. It is a it is a catchphrase for various different terms. The one in which uh, many people, you know, give the definition for balance, reciprocity, uh, things of that nature, uh, justice, righteousness, it actually comes from a more mundane root. Um, 
people pronounce the word ma'at, ma'at, but mm-hmm. that's not originally how it was first pronounced. It was first pronounced something like mala or male. When you write down the word ma'at, you write it down as a M, as in Mary, a, and I'm using the uh, Egyptologist transcription method. So you use M as in, you know, Mary. You put a capital A after the M. Then you put a lowercase a after the capital A. You put a dot, then you put a T. That 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 T is a feminine uh, suffix. That's really not a part of the original root. That what they what they put as an A is actually an L sound, as in Larry or Lester. <laughs> and we can go through you know dozens upon dozens of comparative terms for this uh, to demonstrate that you know the the bird that represents this capital A sound was originally an L. So you would say mala. In the Siluba language, you would say malelela. They they double the, the, the L. They say malelela. They don't say ma'at or something to that nature. It's malelela. And this ela is very important because the word ela is the same word, the same root where you get the word Allah from. It is, it is a term dealing with anything that deals with um, projection or coming something that projects from a central point. And this is where you get the, the variation of the word ma'at dealing with, because the M is just a prefix. It's an old Niger-Congo prefix that was lexicalized or fossilized in the ancient Egyptian language. <laughs> and this root ela, um, it means to measure. It means, uh, in this one instance, it means to measure. It means to, this is where, going back, I forgot who actually read the statement, talking about ma'at dealing with, Knowing something, because this is how they they talked about knowing. You know, is is you measure, you study, you calculate. You know, and the way that you do that, you know, if you're counting, if you're measuring something, you you pick a point and then you go forward and measure the steps before it. So this is where this projection coming from a point uh, comes from. It's the same root where you get the word for row and the word medu from um, dealing with speech. Anything that projects the sound that projects from the mouth. I deal with this in a couple of articles. Uh, I could post the links later. But um, dealing with this, it is when we're talking about measurements and equal, and this is where you get the – there's a different route that deals with seeing, and this is where you get with my eye dealing with judgment, you know, because judgment deals with seeing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a catchphrase for a whole bunch of different terms, and we translate it as it means all of these different things, but these are separate words. When we're talking about my eye as a – um, as a concept, it is more so like uh, like when we're talking about reciprocity. It's like it's basically equivalent to the Indian concept of karma, or the the hermeneutic concept of um, the the hermetic law of swing or rhythm or something to this nature, to where you know the the energy um, projecting in one direction. You know, it's the same amount of energy that will be projected coming back on its swing in the other direction. And this is where you get balance and equality and things of this nature from. It is, it is, it is like if you're, if you're saying 2 plus 2 equals 4, ma'at will be represented by the equal sign. 
You know, that is what the the balance is in in the universe. This is not a a a, a religious thing. It's a it's a mathematical. It is a scientific concept. You know, it's different from the concept of a lot of uh, Islam, so to speak, which is a spiritual tradition of submission. You know, saying quote unquote to the will of the Creator and what they believe are the laws. You know, um, as set down or the rules set down in the actual um, the Quran. But they're dealing with the ancient Egyptians are dealing with are just universal um, laws. It's like gravity. You know, so it, it's kind of a misrepresentation to be like, for instance, that you know the spiritual system of the ancient Egyptians was called gravity. You know, or more so, since we're dealing with equality and something to this nature, you would, you would actually equate ma'at more so to the law of uh, conservation of energy. That's the mm-hmm. principle that you know uh, ma'at is. You know, to the ancient Egyptians, and this is why in the, in the ancient Egyptian records it says that ma'at gave birth to Ra. Ma'at was in uh, the, the in the substance with the noon when um, <laughs> when um, you know, that before there was any activity. Ma'at is the what gave birth to the, the gods and goddesses because Ma'at is the law. That's this is what Ma'at is. And so you can't you can't change the law, you can't worship the law. This is just a a it's 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 a if you're talking about the pic uh the pictorial of her, you know, the woman with the wings and things. These are just an anthropomorphic uh conceptualization of the laws of the universe. Which is why in the Pert Heru she represents the balance. The judgment, you know, because she's the law. You judge everything based upon the law. You measure, and we're getting back to this concept of measure, of everything against the laws of the universe. And so this is a totally different concept than what you get when we talk about Islam. And so this is not a religious tradition. If there was a religious tradition, as as we understand religious traditions, I equate the religious tradition under the concept of Kepper. And Kepper is the 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 spiritual tradition that is most dominant on the African continent. Kepper is just one pronunciation of it. We know it in Yoruba, it's Ifa. We know it in in um, um, in, in the Dogon system is Pele. In the, um, the Congo, it is uh, Kepwepula. In amongst the Zulu, it is um, what well, they say Mteto Mwelo. That Vuelo is that same. It's the it's the same root as the word Kepper. K is the old Niger Congo prefix. The root is PR, and this is talking about evolution, <laughs> the science of change. This is all the Africans deal with, you know, and and they they deal with this scientifically versus a you know the way that we would understand religion today, and I, and I think this is you know what um, a lot of the callers earlier talking about. We have to understand you know these things from an African paradigm versus a European. Because they'll have you thinking that, you know, we're sitting here, you know, worshiping rocks and things of this nature. It's a totally different concept in in Africa because they're dealing with science. All these terms that we, we talk about amongst the ancient Egyptians all boil down to scientific concepts and terms, which they anthropomorphize because they didn't have dictionaries. They didn't have thesauruses. This is the way that they define their concepts. They put them into myth. So you can understand the the major aspects of the story, which help define these characters. And so, you know, um, I mean, it's, it's a whole bunch more we can say on it, but just want to throw that out for dialogue. Okay. And you know, we can move forward from there. All right. All right. We'll get to All right. I'm in agreement with that explanation. I'm in agreement. All right. Go ahead. 
What would yeah, you say, Hish? I'm in there. What'd you say, Hish? I said I'm in agreement with that explanation. He's been working. Oh yeah, you're you're in, you're in line. I need to see that in writing, us all. Uh, can I say something after you after, after you take this call? I, I, yeah, I want to I have that. Someone when said in writing, I, I do have some of that in writing. He explained okay. it excellent, but I do have that. Yeah, he sure did. I think the people need to see that and read that. That's a, that's some extra shit. I like. I appreciate that, so Go ahead. Let me take the call. Then you um, next and go. Then, then let me let me post it up before we go to the next question. Then. Let me just post it up. Okay. All right. Yeah. Post it up. Go ahead. All right. We we have the the link right here. It's uh. The Oxford Companion to World Mythology by David Adams. We look at him from Ma'at, and it states here on the coffin text, Ma'at also seems to personify Pharaoh's hell. Small models of Ma'at that signify the association with her attributes. Ma'at gives breath itself, life, to the king, and so depicted the symbol of life, the ankh, to their noses. Ma'at represents the proper relationship between the cosmic and the earthly, the divine and the human, the earth, the heavens, and the underworld. And she who personifies the meaningful order of life as opposed to the anthropic chaos into which it might easily fall in some stories, it is the sun god Ray who displaces chaos with my eye. When a person dies, his heart is weighed against my eye's feather. A heart heavy with sin would not join the God. So my heart is the whole cosmic African order itself. It is not mm, a belief. Exactly. It is to know. Mm. Mm. Knowing okay. something. Mm. 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 Yeah, yeah go ahead. No, 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 no you can't jump because Ngozi was next. Hold on. All let right. me get this okay. call real quick. Two, six, seven, your line is open, Black African Power. Yeah, what's going on, brother? This is uh, Brother James 16X calling from Philadelphia. What's up, brother? How you Yacoub doing? Ali, A.K.A. Yakub Ali. What up, Yakub? What's good? Yeah, uh, yeah, what's going on? I'm just listening to the show. Yeah, this is a, uh, yeah, this is an Amin Rye show that I'm used to. The one I like. Mm-hmm. I was going at it, and I like the first sec. I like the first segment. That was a very interesting mm-hmm. topic. Mm-hmm. Um, putting this shit together. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pertaining to this uh, subject, um, I think it's uh, like what Brother Ansar was saying. You know, uh, Asar, my Asar, Asar, Asar. My bad. Yeah, uh, I think they to say that you know, my yacht is a religion. I think it's the other way around. You know, um, uh, my yacht uh, religion. Uh, my yacht has religion in it, but it's not religion in its totality, you know. Uh, so, um, like, uh, somebody was saying that, uh, you know, um, the understanding of things or, like, you know, uh, the study of things, like, you know, uh, to understand certain aspects of plant life, you would have to uh, sit down and study and analyze it to see its function. So that's uh that's the aspect of my eye. Or uh you know, uh like you said, the understanding of things. So does uh my eye have aspects of religion in it? Yes. Um now we could use that to say that uh well, in that case, you know, uh it could be some type of agreement based on that, but 
to say that religion in its entirety is my eye. I don't think that uh, compasses the whole the, the whole capacity of my eye. I think uh, my my eye surpasses uh, religion as we see it today. Is more so on the aspect of uh, you know just uh, everything is everything or certain like like what he was saying certain concepts of um, like karma like he was like what the brother was saying earlier like you know this you're talking about totality. Not not something that has been given to man to practice, but something that's greater, even greater than that. You know that that was my eye, and that's how I think. I think that's how they seen things. You know, uh, the ancients seen things. So you know, that's just my comment. Okay, but brother Yaku, brother Yaku, brother Yaku. Yeah. Does 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 this sound accurate to you? If you have a beautiful son, or if you have a beautiful daughter. And anywhere that you went, somebody would look at your daughter and say, or somebody would look at you and say, "Man, you look just like your daughter." Does that sound normal to you? If somebody saw you and said, "Man, you look just like your son," does that sound normal to you, or does that sound backwards to you? Yeah, Honestly, yeah, I, you know, I, I heard that, people say that, that before, like but that's back, that's backwards. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I even backwards. sometimes say that. So, so you know, when, when I, so when I for example, that, if I meet that religion, a girl first, that, you know, and then I see her mom, I say, uh, right. your mom looks just like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I met the girl first, mm-hmm. and when I see, it, but it's really backwards. That's really backwards. It's really backwards, yeah. right? Right. So when you say that, you know, my aunt has some religion in it. That's backwards because my eye predates it chronologically. Mm. These religions weren't around when my eye was around. So to say mm. that my eye has some religion in it, that's backwards. Mm. You're now wow. saying that I was the saying, child. No, I was saying that in context. Uh, like I, was saying, no, listen, I was saying that in context that I heard what you there said. are aspects of religion in my yacht. How? I know. How that's though backwards. you predate that? Right, right. Can I say something? I think Brother Bashir touched on it, like, you know, far as with the negative professions. All that is aspects nah, of... Nah, he ain't uh, touch on that. He, he, he looked at it like a white boy on that one. Go ahead. Can I say something? I'm going to take this other caller. Hold on. What I want to say is that, you know, there's... I want to be clear... On, on this concept of of my art. remember my art deals with laws, and you know what what people are equating as religion seems to be more so the ritual aspect of it. Ritual is just the techniques that you use to mm-hmm. have the laws work for you in a certain um, you know for a certain purpose or goal. And this is why I say you know when I'm dealing with the the concept of religion, I'm going back to the root of the word you know re and ligare. And right. you know the 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 word means to bind back, you know, to to yoke again. And this is why I say that you know this concept is in, is incompatible with my eye and just African religions in in general because there's never a separation. There's no there's no concept between mm-hmm. there's the creator over there and then there's creation over here. You right. you know <laughs> you are the creator manifesting yourself. You can't bind back and yoke to something that you would never. Separated from, and this is what you know. This is what my art deals with. My art is an infinite, is an infinite concept of laws. You're never separated from it, which is why you know when you read the Egyptian text, 
you know, talking about what was in the nun. If you know what the nun is, it is the pre-cardio substance or whatnot. But these laws were pregnant, you know, were um, pregnantable within the nun. And it was that aspect of Ra or the sun or the light or whatnot that activated the laws or put the laws into motion. And this is, you know, saying the constant lines. But these things are these things are different. So we have to be able to distinguish, you know, between the goal and the concept of the tradition to the actual rituals. Because you can't change the laws. You know, it's just like me trying to say I'm gonna change the law of gravity. You know, you can't change the law. I only use the law of gravity to work for me. You know, if I want to build planes or build buildings or things of this nature, I use the laws. You know, to do this is all science stuff. This isn't religion in the way that you know um, the Abrahamic traditions understand religion. But I'm sorry, but um, y'all can take. Can, can I say that? Now? Let me. Uh, 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 hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, Ish, you ain't said much. Go ahead, get that in. Then whoever after this, go ahead, Ish. I thought you said Goldie was next. All right, go ahead, then Goldie. Come on. Oh, I just want to say that my art started off as seven principles or the law, like Brother um, Asar was saying. It started off as that. It was never a religion. But when they started saying, "I have not did this," "I have not did that," this is just like the constitutional laws of America. That was created for political reasons. When you say, "I have not stolen from the king." What does the king have to do with you living in your dying or you not stealing from him? What, 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 what does that have to do with you? That was created for political reasons. Earlier in, in early dynasties, it was the, it was the way. Ma'at is just like the Tao in China, which is the way, or the Dharma in India, which means harmony, order, and justice. In the beginning, Ma'at was balance, order, righteous, justice, harmony, truth, and reciprocity. That's what it started off as. No, later that's, on, it became. Later on, anyway, later on, it became constitutional laws. Anytime you're saying, I have not did this, I have not did that, that's law that you use, that you create to keep the people in that society in order to stop them from acting certain ways. Period. Now, let me just say this. Now, that the Africans practice traditional systems that were similar to Lincoln, like, for example, if you get the book Water and Spirit, Africans wake up at a certain time to do the same thing in certain countries every day. And if they're linking back to doing the same thing and doing rituals or reciting it, that's a religion. Like if, if I play basketball every morning at 7 o'clock in the morning, and then somebody asks today, you play ball? You're going to say, I play ball religiously. That's something that you do every day consistently. The Egyptians practiced something called Shetout Neter. They did rituals. I even got in, 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 um, in African philosophy when, um, when Yusamaya Tepin Ra Ramesses was praying to Amun Ra. So they did believe in something that was supernatural because he was praying to Amun Ra. Why are you praying to Amun Ra? If you if you are not a uh, traditional uh, if you're not dealing with tradition, he was playing mm-hmm. to Amon Ra. That's what I, that's my thing. That's just real. Let, let, let me tell you right. where you're here yeah. because you're flowing on and on and you're starting off at a false basis. How? Right. First of all, my at its core at at the beginning, all it means is truth. The other principles were added on and later on to clarify what it means. But at its Who told core, my art means truth. Who told you that's that? It. Who told you that? Because I talked to plenty of Africans. Who told you that? Who uh, told, I'm just, I just want to know who told you that. Dr. Ben says that, and I've been to Africa. Oh, well, that's Dr. Ben, but I, I know plenty of Africans. I know plenty of Africans as well. I was initiated in a well, Dogon priesthood. Well, well, okay, well, you, okay been you've been there. And, and, and a lot of them just as fucked up as we are over here. So you being over there, they're going to lie to you too. They're going to lie to you well, too. you can't brush off Dr. Ben like that, Dr. Ben made up stuff. What I'm saying, brother, is the realest. Dr. Ben made up stuff too. Some stuff he said wasn't even truthful. Some stuff he made up. Oh, like oh, when he oh, said the Hebrews was black. That was made up. Hey, Hold on. Hold on for a minute. Dr. Ben didn't say that. 
As a matter of fact, I'll send you a tape. It's called um, Dr. Ben and Religion, right? And they asked him the same question. What about the original black Hebrews? Dr. Ben was like, what? Ham, I ain't said nothing about Hebrews. He said, that's our little lie. He said, well, Dr. Ben, what about the book you wrote? Black? He said, man, I was first with that book before I started writing it. I mean, okay, so he said in the past, though. He, cha- he changed up later on. He changed no, up later man. on, but he said in the past. It's, it's, it's black man of the knowledge. That black man of the knowledge is just up in it. He learned. He changed it up later on. Come on, let me get this in the books. Real fast. Hold on, real fast. Let me get this in. Y'all missed the whole thing. Damn, that's like if you listen to Malachi York and think he came from Rich. You missed the whole goddamn thing. One, 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 your line is open. One, 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 your line is open. Peace, peace, brother. This brother Kufu. I got a few questions. Um, How you doing? What's up, brother? Black African Power. Peace, peace. Um, for the people who say my eye is like a religion, I want to know: Do they have any references, or any sources showing that uh, my eye was forced on any other people, like uh, Christianity forced and uh, Islam was forced on other people, and to convert, grow as a religious community? Do you have any references based on that? Yeah. Uh, my, my, yo, my eye is the my eye is the daughter of Ra, and when you look into the um. I know it's um, Budge's um, Legends of the Gods. I know there's a, a legend in there, a, a, a creation that speaks about Ra, you know, bringing forth my eye into existence. I know Brother Unk, he knows that text pretty, very good. You know, that whole that whole Kepara, you know, coming into being point. So um, when you talk about my eye, my eye is a, actually a, my eye is a goddess, actually associated with the deity. That's a daughter of Ra right there, like. You know what I'm saying? So my eye is definitely, you know, associated with religion. And outside of it, you can say you can say if it's truth, you can say it's not religion. That's understood. It's a it's a duality to my eye. So it's two sides, but I accept what brothers say when they say my eye is not a I, I accept that when you coming from it matters what, what area you coming from. I accept it when you in the, when you say in the sense of truth, that's peace. But when it comes to other areas of Kemet such as you know um, the the system, the government. You know that's that's considered to be my art. The government is considered to be my art. And when you look into the text, it says I have not stolen the God's property. That was something that you wasn't supposed to do. You know, so you if you stole the God's property, in? you violated. Uh, what, what text is that found in? Uh-huh. Oh, that's the um the the Egyptian Book of the Dead or the Per M Heru, and that's the translation okay. by um Raymond Oliver Faulkner. That's his uh, translation. What we call what we, we call it's on play, uh, that play right uh, what we call it. It's, it's play thirty one, huh? Uh, no. What's papyrus? What's the papyrus? No, yeah, what's the fact? But I want to. What I'm saying is, what's the writing called? They call that writing. The writing. Yeah, what do they call it? Well, it's called the decorations of innocence. The decorations no, of no, innocence. No, 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 no. What do they call the actual writing? The Greek Greeks called the hieroglyphics, right? All right, metametra. Now, now let's get a, a, a definitive definition of what meta nature is, okay? Let's, that might help. Medu means science or law. Neta is the cause, right, or activator. So look at it like that. I'm going to say it again. Medu would be science, right, or law, okay, and neta would be the cause, what causes things or, or the activator of things. So what was they trying to, what was the science, right, and, and what was the cause when you read these things? 
Okay. Hey, yeah. excuse me. Hey, Sendetti, can you call Brother Sarge's phone? Mm-hmm. You got his number? Yeah, let me let me say this. Oh, hold on, just hold on one second. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. You hear me, Sister? Yeah, I heard you. Yeah, I, yeah, I heard you. I'm just waiting for everybody to get their peace and swap. No, I'm saying, can you, can, can you call us all real fast? Yeah, yeah, I'll call. Yeah. I will call him. Yo, um, let me just say, I'll, let me let me say this. Um, it's a. I understand where you're coming from with the concept. I understand where you're coming from when you talk about the the area that deals with science. When you, you you build on my eye in the cosmos, I know where you coming from with it, huh? But one you must also understand that it's word. a religious side to it. It's a religious side to it. We shouldn't forget that. Did you hear what? Did, did you listen to what? Um, it said though it was amazing how he put that shit though. That was some. He used the African teaching tool right there. He really did. They don't. They don't get it. They don't. They don't get it. Yeah, I they swear, yo, you got to get that. He fucked me up with that one. I got to get that one in my vernacular. That was a good one. I'm telling you, I'm gonna go back and listen. That was a good one. You try that for a minute, okay? They don't get it. Mm. They don't get it. They're not receptive. My eyes. That's the goddess. All right. Let me mention a couple of things that that brother asked. Hold on. Listen, Jetty go. Listen, Jetty go. Then you go in. Okay, hold, 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 what was the last, last point? Because I clicked over to uh, let us sorry. What was the last thing you said? We, there, there was no point. We, I, I, think, I, I strictly okay. gave a meaning right, for okay, medicine, okay, okay, meaning right, science right, and cause. All right, all right. Well, let's try okay, first off, okay. You know, I think people really should consult to get their definition and meaning of what Mahat will be from people who actually study it and and use it as an actual concept in their life, rather than I want to read something on the Egyptian Book of the Dead, right? Um, not a pun on you, Harold, um, and think that I know what that think that I think it's a religion. I think that you know, like Bashir, for example. I think that you know, like if I want to know about Islam or any details about it, I might ask you, but. Since I'm on the phone or someone like a SARS on the phone, if if I've been using the concept for let's say twelve years, which I have, if I tell you it's one thing and then you read the Egyptian Book of the Day, which is determined completely wrong anyway, and you try yep. to tell me what it is or define it for me, you're coming from an outside um reference. I'm giving you inside reference. You know what I'm saying? So if I tell you um it's not a religion my reference is dealing with the, with the etymological meaning of the word religion to link that. I'm not using the, the connotation or these later definitions that people come up with. Webster, for example, you know what I'm saying, a racist, by the way. Um, that's Webster, okay? My art predates Webster, predates all of that. So if I'm using the concept that predates even Islam and I tell you, this is what my is. How can you effectively refute that? And that goes to anybody. Okay? We're telling you, as people who use traditional African religions, or quote unquote, what they call traditional African religions, or spiritual tradition, it's not a religion. Western, Webster defines it as a religion. Okay? We use something that predates Webster. Because, again, Ma'at represents that which is true. Something indeed or verily, okay, long, 
reality. That's what the word means. That's the root of it. And if you actually read the glyphs, the actual glyphs that compile the words, more people will actually understand that because the meaning is right there in front of you. But for those who only read Webster or Oxford or or, or English, that's all you want to get. Oh, it's a religion. But if you actually read the text or really know how to read it, you get a different mindset. When you come from the African standpoint, you'll say no. If you come from Webster, a European, you're going to say yes. So then it's a question of what, like, what foundation are you standing on in order to make this judgment? And because I do rituals, see, the old kingdom rituals were different than the new kingdom rituals in ancient Kemet. So by the definition of Webster, they're practicing different religions. What the all you is Ma'at? Was Ma'at a religion? No. Because there was different rituals in different locales. But everybody was using this concept. And in, in, in the future, if, if, you, if you want a description of those of any, any separate rituals, I'm glad to explain it for you. Mm-hmm. So, we yeah, brother, so. You what did you say? We had a song. I'm here. I'm here. I'm listening. Now, when we were trying to find what um, Metaletra was, and I said it was Metaletra? science, law, law, cause, yeah, what was that? Somebody got a whole yeah, Meta- on his mind. <clears throat> All right, go ahead. Uh, Metaletra can be the cause or the science of primordial causes. And medu, medu is a word um, across Africa. It's either pronounced malu, madu, or bualu. Uh, the L turns into D, um, you know, in retroflex in, 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 in other different languages. And um, in E5, the, the old Niger Congo, uh, M is dropped, and it's just simply known as odu. And this word odu, malu, madu, um, it's, just, it's just a word that means history. It's a word that means words or speech. Um, it means laws and it means science. And again, mm-hmm. the root of that word is that same root where the word ma'at comes from, where we get the concept of truth, measurement, and you know this is where the whole concept of science um, and stuff comes from. Calculation <clears throat> coming from the suggestion point. Um, I did a yeah, I did an article um, on the on the word netter, and the word netter itself again, deals with primordial causes. It deals with, um, actually, they, they actually derive from the same root, the same L root, um, just with different prefixes um, to it. So Matthew has the M prefix, and Netzer has the T prefix, um, which has another pre-prefix, which is the N, which is a possessor of, you know, um, it, it's, it's a word, it's actually a word, uh, means possessor of, but when you're dealing with metanature, metanature and, and simple, um I can I can post my article. Um post that. gotta find it real quick. Uh, okay. on on this topic and you can uh examine my uh linguistic connections. Um this is this is draft this is actually a draft copy for a um a submission for the journal of um African studies. There's that word again, journal. Why use a journal, sir? Why use a journal, sir? Well, journals are peer-reviewed. 
Mm. And peer review means that uh, people in the field um, examine, you know, your your ideas or your work, and they critique it, you know, so you can um, iron out any kinks in things and be able to um, defend your your thesis that is in the paper. And then if it meets the, you know, the satisfaction of the committee that's reviewing your work, then it gets published in a journal. So a journal is a place where you can get, you know, up-to-date studies on whatever the field of, of knowledge is. So it's different from, like, a general book, you know, because a book, you know, sometimes a book will take several years, you know, to write. And, and so you have to have some information in between those books, you know, for which you can get the latest, you know, um, short grab, you know, um, knowledge on whatever the subject is, you know, of the particular journal, whether it's a science, history, you know, sociology journal, whatever um, to that nature. But um, I'm putting it in. Um, it's not published on my website, but it is on my server. So if you are in the chat room, I'm putting it up in there now. And you'll, you'll, you'll see my comparative data where um, I demonstrate that, you know, this word netter, you know, people think they have the idea of netter. Netter, again, I, I should preface this. When, you, when you're dealing with African concepts that are major concepts, Nine times out of ten, they're really catchphrases for for uh, several different concepts that may be related linguistically, or they may be homonyms that they've decided to um, see a connection with. And netter is one of those different things. Netter has to deal with the pro the, the production of something. It is the point from which something um, is generated. You know, that's why I say the causal agents. That's what the netter is. Um, and whatever a tree is, whatever that essence is that caused the concept of tree or those concepts, that is netter. But then there's also netter associated with human beings. That's a totally different word. Um, that word is, like if we compare it in the Siluba Bantu language, it's the word intalu, and it means excellent. And so, you know, an elder, a scientist, uh, a teacher or whatnot, they're supposed to be the personifications of excellence. And that's where that same word, netter, comes in. So I explained all of that in this, um, in this article. And in my upcoming book, I'm doing a, an article solely dedicated to the word um, netter. This article that I'm posting here is really in a different context. Um, so even, even what I put in here is in passing. Um, but it's important to the, the whole document itself. But um, there you can see, you know, what these, what this term means. And you'll see that root word that I'm talking about and what it means. Because that word means divine law, command, speech, that word elah, you know. Um, but it, it, comes from a, it comes from a different root. And all, all sorts of words come from it, even the word God and that word Allah and things of that nature. But that's a different discussion. But, you know, I don't want to wrap. But uh, hopefully y'all see it. It's in the, it's in the chat to go through the questions, uh, and I forgot all of the brother questions, but nevertheless, he was asking why and am I saying that um, it was a religion. Now, and, they, and that the Egyptians practiced religion. Now, if we look at... How, how do you do that, though, Bruceer? How do you do that? I'm on my way to that right now, brother. Just be patient. Yeah, how do, you do, how do you manage that? When you look at the, the glyphs, you look at them... 
You can currently see. You one. read Meta Nature now, yo? Look at the glove. I'm going to give me a Quran in Arabic. I'm going to tell you to look at the goddamn. Look at the, look at the. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm fucking with you. Go ahead. But now, you can clearly see on the glyphs. You could, uh, an example is Akhenaten and Fatidi and oh, one of um, their daughters. They're paying homage to, to their guy, Atun. You can clearly see that there was rituals where homage was being paid to the guys, for one. Is that? Did you put in the chat? Right? Oh, is he talking about my question? Yeah, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Oh, oh, my question, my question was, um, if my was a, my question was, if my was a religion, do you got any references where uh, my being termed a god, uh, forcing people uh, to convert to that ideology? Um, you know, wars being fought because uh, Islam and Christianity. Uh, based on you know that the religion grow out of convert converting people through war and through death and through punishment and when you say that um they're worshiping the sun their god ninety ninety nine point eighty five percent of this reality is created from the plasma of the sun so they they i mean i mean they just connecting what what it really is all right, so so I hope that I can get my three minutes of fame like the rest of you, so I can finish. Go ahead, Yogi. You read, you read Madonna now. Go ahead. I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna answer the question. Go ahead, because I'm about to checkmate y'all real quick. But you go okay, ahead. You, you can check it, brother. But I'm, I'm gonna go find the information that we we talking about, and that's what yeah, I. Yeah, go ahead. I know, but, man. You ain't found that. All right, go all ahead. Right. So, uh, we look at, we can see that they paid homage to the guys clearly. We also can see going um, in the negative, negative professions, which no one still didn't um, respond to uh, the statement, you know, um, I have not cursed God, I have not destroyed the property belonging to God, I have not stolen that which belongs to God so on and so forth. Nobody even touched those words on what those negative professions said. So now the next thing I want to say is is that the second part, uh, well, the second thing, and then I'm going to the, my last thing, all right? I got three things. I'm on the second. Now the second thing is when you read um, the Anani's or Annie's, I think it's pronounced Annie's script, you know, we can see that they had beliefs in the afterlife, and they believed that, you know, um, their heart will be weighed against the feather. And the testifying of those negative confessions were to be um, pronounced there, and then Osiris, I believe, will lead them into the afterlife behind, oh, and, and Maya is behind Osiris, I believe. I could be incorrect, but I think you get the, the gist of it. But I want to go to a couple of the scholars that you mentioned, um, particularly the brother that asked the question in regards to um, Christianity and Islam forcing themselves on people to make them convert. First of all, that's incorrect because the Holy Quran says, um, 
which means there's no compulsion in religion. That is, in the Holy Quran, which means you cannot force no one into the religion. Now, Sheikh Antadia from pre-colonial black Africa, page 163. And I'm going to give you a couple of... read that before, man. You ain't read the whole thing. Read the whole thing while you read it. Okay, obviously my brother ain't here. Yeah, you don't want it out there, but it's going to come out. No, no, whoa, 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 whoa. What what you did was you cut and pasted. If you're going to read, read both pages. Don't play. That's the point I'm making, because you cut and paste. You did that thing that people read the Bible do. Let the people decide. Let the people decide that. Now, uh, on pre-colonial Black Africa, page 156, <laughs> uh, um, and I'm going to give a couple more references. He says, no, you're the, not. Primary, you're here, yeah. the primary reason for the success of Islam in Black Africa, with one exception, consequently stems from the fact that it was promulgated peacefully, at first by solitary robot <laughs> Berbers, travelers to certain black kings and notables, who then spread about them to those under their jurisdiction. What is to be emphasized here is that there was a peaceful nature that, this is my word, that is to emphasize that there was a peaceful nature there. Also on page 166, he He said at first, what happened for that though? Wait a second. (laughs) He goes and says, African religions, more or less forgotten, were in the process of atrophying, which means dying, and being emptied of their spiritual content. Their former deep metaphysics, the jumble of empty forms they had left behind, could not compete with Islam on the moral or rational level. And it was on that latter level of rationality that the victory of Islam was most striking. That was the fourth stage of its success. Now, can we respond to that, Dr. Bashir? Seriously. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question right quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're I'm doing you're going long. Then, I, then I'm next. Okay. All right. I, I just I just want to know, um, do you, you do, do you or don't you deny the video that I just posted up about the children in the Sudan being whipped across the bat to follow Islam and the Quran. The name of the video is Islamic School Abusing and Kidnapping Kids of Christian Faith. Um, do you uh, deny that these African Sudan children are being compelled to follow Islam, whipping them across their back, reading the Holy Quran and, and Islam? And do you have that same history uh, with my eye, brother. Uh, okay, so, so, um, this, this is a two-part question, so I'm going to answer oh, it. Oh, you're dumb as a would you let me speak, man? You don't know what I'm saying yet. So, this two-part question. Now, the first, the yeah. first do part you, of the question. Do you deny the video, yes or no? Brother, let me answer the question. <laughs> In the yes, sir, that's a yes or no question. Do you deny this video? Has this video been altered in any way? I, I've seen the video, and I've, I've done further studies on that, brother, further research. Now, <laughs> let me get my point across. Now, the point is, in the Sudan, in the Sudan, you do have this going on. But the first thing is, this is black well, that would be a yes. These are black folks doing that to black folks. That's not no mm-hmm. fair mm-hmm. doing it. If you're watching the video clearly and you're doing your research and 
um, with the John that we. I mean, you want to say this. In terms of, you know, the situation with my yacht, if dudes want to get into, you know, semantics with the English language and the Western language, and act like they can don't you be define, real, Can um, you define semantics for us, please? You know, in, English. I'm saying that. you define that? What semantics is? Come on. It's, it's like, you People know, just you, are you denying the video, Heru? Um, uh, are, are, are you saying, is this, is this video accurate? I'm not are talking about the video. I'm not even talking about the video. <laughs> I'm, oh, okay. I'm, just, I'm just talking about in general with my eye. I, I ain't talking about the video. But, oh, you, oh, okay. you asking me, can I define uh, a semantics? No, I don't, I don't got yeah. any definition on that, man. But it's more like yapping your mouth and, and trying to, you know, get away that's from, the, from the point. That's my science on it. But regardless, that's not some no, 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 look, yo, um, um, look, on, on play four. Who's doing this? Wait, 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 wait yo, um, on play four, no. right? Peru, I'm just saying, who's doing that? Who's yapping their mouth to get away from the point? We're, we're, no, we're I'm saying, dude, trying to do that when it comes to my yacht. When it comes to my own, yeah. you, nah, on this show, what dudes? What dudes are doing that? You I, got a saw, you got Eddie Eddie to do it. You got Ngozi. Don't even bring okay. up Ngozi. Don't bring up Ngozi. Don't do it. Sanjeti, Sanjeti tried it, and Asar tried it. Hold on, hold on. That's what that was that. So both of them are yapping their mouth, because that's your definition. So the, so they so they yapping their mouth on unfounded. Oh, come on. I'm not saying it in that sense. So what's the definition you're using? That's that's a di- I'm not I'm saying but like you're trying to move away from the point. I'm not. That's listen, what I'm listen, listen. listen. Hold on. I'm huh? that, 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 that's not semantics Yo, uh, moving uh, away from a point. Look, look at um um that shit that tactic that you're trying is not going to work. I'm not nigga. trying to tactic. Yes, you no, are trying to tactic because you're trying to catch niggas in the yelling. Yo, so that's yelling, ain't gonna work. Hold on. Stop yelling. Okay. Stop yelling, y'all. I didn't yell it. Egyptian text where they called their spiritual system Maat. 
Nope. I'll tell you. Nope. It's not there. Wait, it's it not there. We can't call it religion. My, that's a that's a that's an equation that um, Dr. Wesley Muhammad made, not the ancient Egyptian. They called their system. Yeah, yes, so. okay. 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 Let me, let me I have not stolen the God's property. Okay. I have not cursed okay. the God. Okay. I have not stolen the heavenly cake uh, of you. That uh, that deals with okay. my heart. So I think okay. that's the that's right. the hold hold on, hold on, you know hold on. Wait, you know, you wait a minute. You just can't just run in cutting off people. Oh. We've been doing good. Relax. No, but man. he asked the question. He asked the question. No, relax, relax. You just start spooting off shit. Relax. He only know if that's translated right. Come on, okay. son. Oh, so it's a translation. Right. It might not be right. That's going to be the next thing, the translation. Yeah, that's the next thing because we that's break it all, all the way down. Yeah, we break it all the way down so we can understand oh, what's going on. Go ahead, Sal. Go ahead, Sal. I mean, I, I just asked the question um, because, like, oh. like, I mean, it's the same question that, you know, was raised against um, Dr. Wesley Muhammad when he argues for pre-Muhammad Islam. Did the system... You know, did they call their system Islam? You know, it's one thing to have some practices, some rituals, you know, amongst an ancient people. But it's a different thing to call the system itself, you know, Islam. The same thing with Ma'at. Did they call their system? Is there any kind of evidence that they call the system which what their their spiritual traditions um, was it called Ma'at? If, if they didn't call it that, do we have grounds to equate that as its religion. How do we not know that it's religion? And why would we choose Ma'at versus the god Jehuti or, you know, some other principle that um, the ancient Egyptians have? And, this, and these are the kinds of questions that you need to ask. Why do you discriminate this one concept versus another, which is, you know, of, of equal prominence and things of this nature? So these are the kinds of questions that I raise, you know, that as a researcher I would raise and trying to see that the ancient Egyptians call their system on, you know, and, and if they didn't, you know, would the person who's equating this admit that this is their association and not necessarily the ancient Egyptian? Like I'm doing with the word Kepera. I'm not saying that the ancient Egyptians called their spiritual tradition that. I'm saying that their focus in terms of their spiritual studies was Kepera. And when I compare it to the systems across the the, um, the continent of Africa. This seems to be the focus of the ancient peoples and their in their spiritual traditions under this name, under this rubric, still exist today. And so, you know, um, I'm careful with how I word this, and you know, and, and not equating like this is their religion. You know, they call their religion Kepera. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so this is this is you know again this is just what I want to you know ask and and, and project and, and put into people's minds when they're uh, approaching this particular um, question. But go ahead. Yeah, I think I think um, this is brother um, Daku. I think um, brother Asar he he already settled the the, the um, argument. I think um, he 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 broke down how you know like what he's saying like the Kepper, you know that would be uh, the religious aspect. But like you know. Um, so it shouldn't even be uh, that to settle. I mean, um, my 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 approach on the whole thing is that you know those elements like what Brother Bastien was um, talking about um, does exist. You know what we call religion, like you know when he gave the definition of religion, what we call religion today, those elements did exist in uh, ancient Egypt, and those 
that I want. So uh, yep. we call it religion. So we would say, well, those are religious practices, whatever. You know, so, but my yacht itself, I think it surpasses religion. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's much more uh, broader than religion. But the deep people are religious people as how we see it today. Were these people religious people as how we see it today? I would say uh, yes, because they had rituals that they practiced, like what Brother Ishmael was saying. They had things that they did ritualistically, and that would be religiously, like he was saying. So that was 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 already settled based on on all the statements. Okay. So English language, the English language becomes a part. It's just the English language. That, that's all we. Damn, my eyes like a religion. It's like 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 Dr. Ben and Dr. John Henry Clark and Dr. Chancellor Williams. You know, taught us in English. You know what I'm saying? I know yeah. they teach us in Metamask. Right, hold on. Okay. Uh, so let, let, me, let me jump. Hold on for a minute. Hold on. We got five minutes left. We got five got minutes left. Okay. Listen to all these. Everybody talk. Quiet. All right. Look. As somebody who who utilizes this concept called Ma'at, okay, and a person that actually reads the text, even without English, I don't equate it with religion, okay? I practiced religion, Christianity, as, as a, when I was young, and the two are not the same. So that puts a cap on it. So any, any, these other definitions that everybody coming up, that the brothers are coming up with from Webster or whatever, that's that's y'all. That's what you're doing from an outside perspective, not an inside perspective. Right. That, that puts a cap on that. Uh, All right, look. Check this out. We're going to do this. We're going to get this over with real fast. How much time left in here? Five minutes. Y'all be Next lie week, here a lot of it's, it's one minute. Watch this. In one minute. One minute, right? I just put this in the chat. I put that in. I'm gonna do it one more time in the chat room, right? Deal with this article right here. Appreciate the information to us all. That document right there is dealing with. This is the, this is the first three lines of the. It's the celestial. It's the celestial sphere, and its definition components. Well, it's dealing with the celestial sphere in ancient Egypt. And it talks about the the book of coming forth by Dan my night, and it's dealing with the let's see. Uh, the celestial sphere and the, and the Dutchery hymn, God Ra. Okay, and it and it demonstrates in the first line, right? The praises Ra when rising in the eastern horizon of the sky by Osiris, right? It say the scribe of the divine offerings and all is God and thee. Okay, now a couple of lines. I'm not finished reading the lines, right? You look at the all of these first couple of lines. Is dealing with the celestial sphere in ancient Egypt. You read it with your European mindset and killed you through slavery. You think it's talking about somebody praying to the God Ra. As demonstrated by this article, it's clearly talking about the celestial sphere. That's called check the fuck mate. If you got more information and some regular resources, put it in that bitch. Because right there, read the, read the original. Hold on, read the original. It's right.